Matter if you finish bottom of the league, if you bet Rovers four times, you'd nearly be happy with yourself. And you know, <laughs> once you beat Rovers, you know, that's kind of the main thing. So, you know, I've been waiting such a long time looking out for you, but you're not here. What's another year? I've been waking. Such a long time Reaching out for you But you aren't near What's another year? What's another year For someone who's lost everything that he owns? Welcome to Tales in the East End, episode 182 And it's me, Gary P And of course, the prof, Carol Riley Gary, are you fresh and well? I'm fresh and well, prof. I'm fresh and well. Haven't been the same, though. Haven't been the same. It's been a strange old Christmas. I'll get into it in a while. Poor Gary can't taste the Guinness anymore. No, it's it's weird. And I have had no appetite. Like, I stocked up for Christmas. I got the Peroni in. Got all the good stuff. I've barely touched a drop, honestly. No. After after the, the recovery period of COVID, I've yeah. had no interest in drink. Isn't that mental? I just can't imagine you not drinking Isn't for a week. Isn't that mad? I just, like, I'll sit at home, she'll be having gin and tonic or whatever, and I'll be like, actually don't want that. <laughs> actually don't want that. Lovely cold Peroni in the fridge, Guinness there, soldiers, the lot, mm-hmm. choking them down, even in the pub. Nuts. Speaking of Guinness, I heard you were mistaken for the Guinness guru recently. <laughs> yeah, who, who was it? Yeah, it was in the Penny Hill, and some <laughs> fella just came up, he goes, I know you. And I was like, uh... You're the Guinness guru. And I was like, yeah, that's me. That's me, yeah. I take... Uh, you probably get that a lot in terms of like, I know I know you, but you think they mean Gogglebox. I didn't expect that now. I was just going <laughs> along with it then. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's me. That's me. Yeah. This is our first time both of us sitting in front of this microphone in six weeks. All negative antigen tests done as well, prof. That's mental. It's insane, isn't it? It's mental. Well, we'd want it, wouldn't we? Bleeding 20,000 cases. 22, I think, it went up to today. Absolutely unbelievable. But in fairness, it's like pe- people have been fucking clambering all over each other in pubs and, and things like that. So, like, our job is decimated. Absolutely decimated. So, Oh, it's like a ghost town today. Nuts. It's just mad walking around. I think I read a figure that 135,000 people have been isolated at one time or another over Christmas in, in Ireland. That's insane. High percentage of the con- of the country, like. <laughs> but of course, we're going to thank our sponsors as well, Ocean Electrical, and of course, Leicester Credit for sticking with us for the whole year and keeping up with us. So really, really happy. We're going to go into contract talk soon enough. Hopefully, we can secure them for next year again. And the four pros, of course, look out for Green Ribbon coming soon in the new year. 
And yeah, so we're going to round up the news from December and late November. The draw of the game, trophy presentation, player of the year awards, Jack's back, transfer rumours and all that stuff. Prof. So uh, we spoke about our Christmases. We were, you were happy enough with you? Do you have a few? I see the Guinness is here as well now. It's I got, I got a couple of prezies of, of Guinness, so I was happy about that. And uh, I won a big box of Heineken and work, even though I you know, don't drink and beer anymore, but you're, you know, can find news for it. I'm sure you can, Prof. I'm sure you can find a way. <laughs> I'm sure it'll find a home. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Martin Carey put up a rover scarf, green Christmas hat, on top of the Milltown Monument on Christmas Day. So a nice little touch from Martin there. A nice touch from Idemo as well. You posted the greener corner flag with the Christmas tree on it. <laughs> you yeah, know that yeah. meme? And uh, that actually popped up in a chat today about the walk to Milltown, uh, how long it took. And... And actually, funny enough, because there's people from everywhere in our WhatsApp group, so you had from Coolock to Milltown, it's 10 kilometres. From Milltown to Tallaght, it's 10 kilometres. From Milltown to Lucan, it's 10 kilometres. <laughs> so it's pretty much 10 kilometres from pretty much everywhere. So that's an interesting little one there. We did that walk the first year of the podcast, 2017. Yeah, I remember, I remember was chatting lashing. away as we, were, uh, as we were getting the audio content on the way. Oh, the rain was pouring down. I remember some of the olders sneakily getting on the bus in Terranure. They che- did Cheaters Yeah Cans as well So then we had uh, Pigo He would have had a Quite a different Christmas To most wouldn't he Because he was on a flight To Lisbon Stephen's day Yeah He would have been thinking About his check in On Christmas day himself yeah. So crazy stuff Great. Wishing him all the best As well I think his first game Is the 9th 9th of January It's a long time isn't it I think so yeah So it's a good build up It's a nice long build up To have mm. Get yourself nice and prepped Your wife uh, Larish, Her birthday is actually Christmas Day, isn't that correct? No, it's 26th to 26th. 26th, yeah, so okay. so I get absolutely hammered. I love how your your Instagram post tour, like 90% of it was about the podcast. Yeah, I have to make it something like that because <laughs> you'll be giving out going, you never put that in that line. This is right, you know what? I'll do something. I'll do something. <laughs> podcast related, anyway. So your Christmas was a bit strange, obviously, having uh, tested positive. It was, me- it was mental. So I think symptoms on maybe the 16th or the 17th and then positive on the 18th and then just uh just fucking surreal really just sitting around doing fuck all and uh, the first two days were just like long hangover i was saying that before it's just like it was a long hangover just in bed sweating rolling around headaches and then after that lost and then i thought i was getting the better of it and then i lost my taste lost my sense of smell and lost my appetite lost any sort of tours for a drink and still fatigued as well like I wake up two hours later I'll be a little bit tired again I'll be like fuck this so on, on the on the back end of it now but um, it, like it wasn't like I think the vaccination did help but it really uh, it really uh, knocked the bollocks out of me you know the experiences I hear from other people the last few weeks aren't like that at all like they're they're quite mild so but uh, like we said last week it beat the crap out of you yeah and uh well, what I want to know is about Christmas. My main question is, Gary, did you pay a hundred quid mm-hmm. to someone to dress up as a Grinch, <laughs> come into your house and terrorise your children? This actually made my, made my Christmas. I was cracking up laughing at this. There's a funny one where he slips going in the door. He, he, like, he slips, he goes through the door and he just <laughs> runs around going, lah, lah. sounds like Ozzy Nate on the day we won the league. And he's running around, and the kids are terrified. They're fucking terrified. He runs, just grabs the tree, and then he's gone again. He just wrecks the place. 
It's like, what is going on? Did you see the one, I think it was uh, in Scotland, where the kid starts attacking him? Yeah. And then the bar's like, no, it's dad. It's dad. <laughs> it's dad. <laughs> he's beating him up. Oh, man. And the one that was, I think the first one that came out, he absolutely trashed the house, the cake, the everything. There's, everything. No, there's no video of that, though. There's no, just no. like a picture of the, the house afterwards. The aftermath, yeah. That was in the mail, yeah. That was quite funny. It's, it's a weird trend, though, isn't it? Like, I don't know where it came from. It's, I wouldn't be doing it. Like I wouldn't want to be scaring my kids for life. Look at that. Like Strange a, green monster coming in and trying to fucking kidnap them. Exactly, like you're terrorising your kids. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah the feedback to last week's show prof it was a bit thrown together but uh, we got it done we got it done like what, what was it? I was accused of being in a coal bunker sounded like it alright mm. you're in your jacks the Luke, Jackson. the Luke and Lavatory the is Luke and Lavatory yeah reading Palatine <laughs> but yeah no happy enough and uh, we just had to get one out didn't we had to rub one out why did you have to work like that <laughs> and of course Donna Betts one of our workmates prof said that we saved Christmas and that uh, uh she won't have to talk to her husband in the car. It's <laughs> a bonus, yeah. the dulcet tones. Good old Keith. Keith was on the show before he picked the centre half for us for our worst 11. So big shout out to the two guys. Tifty's um, saving Christmas since 2017. The Kieran Kyo on Instagram as well. Cheers for all the work this year, lads. Really helped on the night shifts. Happy New Year. So thanks, Kieran Kyo. Uh, Spotify Raps. We are a lot of people's number one this year, Prof. Of course, Gary Shaw got in touch with us again. We are Shazzy's number one pick. And uh, that's actually like a real feather in our cap, I think. For somebody to be that consistent and listen to us all the time, I just I found that like really flattering. Considering how much is out there. Like, I, I listen to like over a dozen podcasts during the week. And uh, I'd say others are probably just as addicted as I am. So yeah, to be number one, it's pretty flattering. Some people had us a two and three, you know, get, well, get out of the club. They won't be getting mentions. <laughs> Um, one person who shall remain nameless had Cody's call in her top three yep gonna move swiftly on from that swiftly on there to the Rohan Ricketts reaction and uh, Rohan Nightmare Nightmare this fella honestly you you could not make him up like you know he's a brilliant character I think he's either a genius he's either a comedic genius or he'd just fucking... He'd eat himself. Guys, do you know that he played in the Premier League? <sighs> I think he did play there, yeah. Because he... We should have mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll shit out the Rohan anyway. Well, we got a couple of messages actually, yeah. Waved his feet this time around. <laughs> Tried to charge me £40 the last time. I remember that. <laughs> he wanted to send it to his charity or yeah, something. Yeah, fuck off. In Rohan's name. His bank account. We got a couple of messages yesterday, kind of mixed messages. One person said it was really, or two people said it was really funny. Another person said he turned it off after 10 minutes. Mm. Couldn't stand it. So, uh, yeah. I remember in Tad Time, what was your quote about Ricketts? He's like Marmite. You either love him or hate Definitely him. Definitely is, yeah. Definitely is. That was the case. Um, we move on to the Rovers Look Back series on Twitter. I'm loving this prof. Peter Eccles was featured on Sunday, funny enough, and Joe tweeted this. He's got the number 10 bus today, mount for the 87 Cup final. Couldn't believe when I saw him, what a legend, sitting on the bus with a fella that plays in the fucking Cup <laughs> final. Really good. I have yeah. to say, he's, he's, he's really interesting. I loved him last week, and uh, the little splice with him and Joe's was really, really good. Listen, um, he's he, he really is like an underrated legend at Rovers. I don't think people talk about him enough. No, I mean the only man with five medals. He has he has those five for a reason. Yeah, in the four um, in a row, and then came back, 
six years later. So he did the four in a row, left the club, came back like what six years later, and then and then won another league. Unbelievable yeah, stuff. Captain does two leagues as well. Captain as well. Absolute legend. Yeah, Joe's Joe's was brilliant. I love how we kept mentioning the musical. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you think he knows? You think he knows our fans? Yeah. Um, we have to we have to stamp this one out as well, Prof. Now this is where me and you come to blows. First order of business, we have spotted a welcome to Kimmage sign on Sundrive Road. Now this is this is blatantly crumbling. Shots. It's not Kimmage. Fired. It's not Kimmage. We've had this conversation. We've even had people talk about Cashel Road being Kimmage. They were swiftly removed from the pub. Uh, so if you walk towards the KCR, KCR house is right in front of you. There's a left and right turn T junction. Right is the KCR, left is towards Sundrive. They've erected a Kimmage sign right at the bus stop there. Now this is a blatant slap in the face to Crumlinites. Blatant slap in the face to Crumlinites. Kimmage starts at the crossroads down at Mount Argus just before well, there's two of these signs isn't there there's another one uh, where's the other one the other one is down beside Sundrive Park that's the one you saw I think the yeah one... no the one I physically saw was the one just here you could probably you could nearly throw a stone yeah. at it from your house just as you turn on to Ravensdale Park yeah. yeah and then the other one is down by Sundrive Park beside the four roads the four roads is blatantly crumbling well at least this one here is on Lower Kimmage Road but the one in Sundrive Road, like that's one hundred percent crumbling. One hundred percent crumbling. Uh, the cheek of them, and like I said, this is gonna cause some sort of civil war soon. I was reading an article with um, Pigo in in the Indo. Dan, Dan McDonald was interviewing him, and he says he's been training in Ben Dunn's Carlisle uh, gym in Kimmage. And as I read that, I looked out my window, and I could see the gym. And I'm like, but I'm in Crumlin. You tell me I can see Kimmage from my window. I'm telling you because it's mythical. It's a mythical place. There, that's another one as well. They, he'll tell you it's Kimmage just to attract other people and different types of clientele. But yeah, we move on. We have our own show on, on that alone. But uh, Paul O'Connell, Ashbourne Hoop has officially immigrated to Finland. What a move this was for the young striker. Um, it's, have you seen his, um, his Facebook? It's, no. it's a little bit different to Dublin. <laughs> like minus 20 Aurora Borealis in the sky all the night lights absolutely insane Aurora Borealis yeah at this time of year yeah located entirely in Finland and you know prof <laughs> <laughs> so yeah big shout out to him and seems to be having a ball over there um and, and, and like I said we've, we've, we forget Rob's Rob and Amy we've somewhere to go we've a, we've a, we've a couch to, to lay on absolutely yeah. Uh, so rest in peace to Peter Walker's uncle Miles who brought him to Milltown in the 60s and was a regular in Tallis so our condolences to the Walkers yeah and also Mary O'Connor posted this on Facebook she said it's with deep sadness that Shamrock Rovers has lost a true fan Mr Brian Walsh uh, he followed Rovers for years from Milltown to Talla he lived in Ballymun and he was a true gentleman so rest in peace uh, and footy badges Al Murray big Al Murray he's been supplying us with our badges for years his dad Kevin passed away so our condolences to the Murrays as well and he'd be sadly missed so big shout out to Al and condolences passed on so we talk about geez, this is this is a while ago prof it almost feels a bit ridiculous reviewing a game <laughs> from six weeks ago but we're going to do it <coughs> oh god so we came from behind Martin to beat Drotta 2-1 in Tala on the last day of the season and actually this was a really good game I thought Drotta were very good as well 
But um, yeah, Clancy had them playing good football. He had them playing lovely football, didn't he? They were knocking it around. Uh, James, Jimmy Brown, and your man Phillips at the back, I thought was very, very good. But Big Allen Gold Greener was left wing back, and Borky led the line. So the build up, uh, party time, prof. Pretty much what it was, wasn't it? Yeah, there was um, just a couple of stuff from the media. Uh, there was a Pat Dolan article which was called "The Debate Over Shamrock Rovers' Quality uh, Is an Insult to Stephen Bradley." So you know, you know what you're going to get from a Pat Dolan article. Yeah. It's it's over the top. Yeah. It's full of praise. Uh, two Rod Stewart references for no reason in this article. The reason I can't take him as seriously is because he was just as supportive of Trevor Crowley as he is Bradley now. So, you know what I mean? Pinch of salt. Yeah. I did like his follow-up article, though, then. It was called The Magnificent, Magnificent Seven. It was about basically the, set, the supposed seven challengers to the league next season. Though it won't be seven, obviously, but... And, uh, you know, what? Like, yeah, I mean, seven, seven, Pats, Balls, Derry, whoever else. Is he messing? I don't think he, a few of them won't get yeah. a sniff of it. There was a nice jab of balls in there, so I'm giving a 10 out of 10. Okay, okay, <laughs> give us a jab that? there. Are you talking about? I think he's talking about rivalries next season, which we've talked about. Uh, it's a great thing for us, like you know, we'll talk about later. Pats and Dundalk, that's going to be massive next year, like they're going to hate each other, yeah. And, um, I was thinking, like. What took my mind off it was the fact that Pats were building something and they were looking good. And I was thinking one or two signings, they'll, they'll be fine. Um, they've t- they're have in transition now. Again, once again, they've got lost a lot of their players. The bone thing was a bit odd, wasn't it? Must be a lovely fella. Because I don't, like, we, what were we saying that if we lost this league to a team that Sam Bone starts in, you'd be upset. <laughs> no offence to the guy, just just how it is. Yeah, like is he league winning material? Do you know what I mean? So they took him. That's what when the Pats that text me and he goes, Stephen O'Donnell leave him wasn't all bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are going to be in transition, but it was more so that yeah, th- those players loved O'Donnell. Yeah, like they worshipped the ground he walked on. So. It's messy now, though, isn't it? Like they're suing him, saying like it's messy. It's great though. It's great for us. Yeah, Let them all combust and blow up. With the dairy thing as well, the dairy argument is I had this discussion, I was saying that another guy who I know he follows the league, he was thinking that dairy might need time. But then I flipped it on his head and I thought to myself, they are pretty they already know each other pretty much. I don't think they'll need that much time to gel. Because they've got McElhaney, they've got Duffy, they've patching, they've all these players that kinda of play together already. Yes. I don't think they'll need that much time to gel. I think once one round and they'll be flying. One series of games and then they're going to be flying. It's the it's the total opposite to Dundalk this year, where they would have needed four years to jail probably. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting anyway. And then there was the Graham Cummins article, girl. Yeah, Graham Cummins, um, a very very popular player within the players itself as well, and mm. he got uh, didn't he get a bad rap off someone recently about dre- and being in the dressing room, about being poor in the dressing room. Somebody said that recently. I can't remember who it was. I think it was that he was a bad trainer or something. Something like that, yeah. But yeah. then a lot of players came out and said, no, he's brilliant. And I think Jack was one of them. He was only with us for a few months, was it? But he's he's been providing some interesting insight in the Rawers team. Yeah, no, I, short I, stay, but I like him. I like him yeah. as a, a, a pundit now as well. But we'll, uh, in an article in the Irish Examiner about Joey, 
and he said a leader without ego who had everyone's respect Cummins wrote this he was in charge of the fines and organising the clean up roster which can be difficult jobs with fines some players will refuse to pay because they believe they can get away with it often when players clean up the dressing room after training or the tables after lunch they tend to do an inadequate job but because of the respect the players had for O'Brien he never had to chase anyone or lecture them about their behaviour everyone knew the high standards that were expected that is brilliant yeah. that is top class because he knows they know they're going to get hammered <laughs> do it Roy get it fucking done treat it as if it's your own I love that and now that's gone it's fucking gone didn't uh, McAllister have that job before yeah he would have been fairly uh, yeah he was he was yeah remember he brought the wheel down and he well that was more of oh a, that was good crack yeah on the roadstone yeah yeah that was cool I also love the part in this article from, from Cummins he's gone on about uh there was a Bowes game. I'm not sure what year this was. I I reckon it was 2019, somewhere around there. Well, that's when Cummins was with us. So I'm pretty Bowes 2019, where he uh, Joey had been injured for weeks, and then he only came back to train the day before a derby, and then he was man the match in that derby. Yep. So he was saying that he didn't need to train to play in big games, but Br- and Bradzer still trusted him to play in those big games. So um, he, had, he hasn't poached anyone yet, has he? From us. No jobs for the boys yet, only Boydie. Yeah. We we were discussing uh, John Sheridan and Under the Cosh uh, yeah. last week, right? We, um, I like the part where Sheridan was talking about he was in his late 30s and he played two seasons with Oldham without ever training. Like, he couldn't oh, train because of his knee. Yeah. But he was still doing a job in midfield. I yeah. love that sort of thing. He played till he was 40. He played yeah. till he was 40. Another five seasons. He had a really long career. I think some players... Do you, you should give them an exception. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, if they have that little bit of extra quality. I think Joey mm. would have played on again if he had mm. got what he wanted from Rovers, possibly. Listen, we don't know what went on behind the scenes for him to leave and take... take there was no jobs. Obviously, there was no position here from for coaching. Mm. But um, I think we would have got another year out of him if we somehow have accommodated him. But and he might be back one day. Yeah, there you go. But the game itself was sold out. 50 tickets by early afternoon so it was a carnival atmosphere to say the least prof yes by the afternoon there was 50 left they were saying on social media and then by the time of kickoff, like they were actually turning people away did you ever think you would see the day no brilliant like, though sold out signs going up that's it that's what we have to do and we have to start digging deep into the community now and hopefully I know this might this might sound a bit crazy but what I've always thought is that we, we seem to have in and around the stadiums all around League of Ireland there's always a little community like Inchicore all that road would be Pats things like that and you'd have like Turner's Cross in and around all the houses around there it's all Pats I don't think we really have that in Tallaght I think that's where we need to branch out now and move across there's Shishlik Kebab and the gym that's there there's a row of kind of flats that are leading up all the way down Whitestown Way I think that's what we need to go in there and just target that make it a rover stronghold have sort of some sort of initiative or community thing where we can give them I don't know every kid under 10 free tickets or a free season ticket and that's where it starts that's where it gets them hooked get them in get the claws in see how you get on well there were some impressive, impressive initiatives in this game I would say <laughs> the amount of tickets that went to the affiliates the, the affiliates and then the school kids and stuff like it was it was it was brilliant to see on Twitter. But uh, no, I agree. You've been banging on about this for years. And uh, I do agree with you. Yeah. yeah. But we two vans. And just to, to counteract that, we two vans of public order outside the ground for some reason as well. I don't know what they were expecting. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fairness, they knew there was going to be a pitch invasion. That oh, Our best efforts failed, Prof. We couldn't get them. We couldn't keep them off the pitch. We didn't even get our we didn't even get our, um, our walk of honour. What do they call it? Ring of honour? Lap of honour. Lap of honour. But Brad's are unfinished, please, yeah. Like we said, they stay off the pitch and uh, 
just didn't yeah. happen. People didn't hashtag stay in the stands. No. But it no. was it was it was mostly kids in fairness. Uh it was also Brazzers' birthday on the day of this game. Mm. No, I'm disgusted nobody or Finn or even Hooperman came out and just clobbered him with a cake. <laughs> that would have been the icing on the cake. <laughs> the big uh, Champions 18, you know, the sign under the tunnel yeah, that's been yeah. changed to a 19. Mm. It's in Mark Lynch's lair now as we speak. <laughs> Definitely up on the wall there. Trust me, he has no room for that <laughs> in his lair. That lair is packed. Um, yeah, so the squad number 30 was presented a big Dex family and a lovely, lovely gesture to a top, top hoop. And number 30 presented, so it really, really was a nice occasion and fair play to the to the club for doing it. Yeah, Big deck was a, a once off, wasn't he? That was a really nice touch, yeah. Um, you had Lord Celtic tweeting out old pics of Joey playing for them as a as a kid. Yeah, some impressive uh, Lord Celtic alumni actually. Pat Scully, Joey Bradzer, all played for them. I think Pico might have been a been a Lord Celtic alumni possibly because yeah. he's from that neck of the woods, isn't he? He could have been. I think he is. I think he is. I think they put up a post there recently because he was up with them. He was doing a bit of training with them. Um, so we had Pico as the captain Joey led the team out and uh, we were debating this before the game weren't we about what way we wanted to see Joey was he going to get brought on or brought off and I think you ultimately made sense when you said <laughs> start him and bring him off at what What say 60 uh, you dropped him didn't you yeah I dropped him I was going to bring him on <laughs> uh, Monster Junior Hoops Guard of Honour as well this was cracking up because Moya was involved in it and dropped the game as a Guard of Honour as well but Moya was involved in this and Bill Gleeson the the head, one of the head honchos for the junior hoops. I was just looking at him, and he was he he was like a mad villain. He just wanted bigger. He wanted more. He was like, yes, more hoops, more junior hoops. He wanted the biggest guard <laughs> of honor ever, and the fucking size of it in the end. You could just see him. He was reveling, and it. it was hilarious. Uh, Draw had actually brought a good crowd themselves. In fairness, uh, a few flares going, I think. And we haven't talked about this, have we? we have we talked about Jackson Vale yet? We haven't talked about it at all, have we? No, we haven't talked about any of this. Like yet. Jack's unveil that, like that. When I was watching that, right? So I'm in the middle of the stand. Ultras are going bananas. You've got the massive guard of honor. You've got a sold out stadium. You've Jack being unveiled as a massive sign, and it was a fucking event. It was a movie. So we're I'm watching around. I'm looking at this going. This is we are going to the next level as regards to being a football club in Ireland. Like this is big. Like, this is fucking big. This is an event. It really, really was impressive. Sold out stand. Everybody cheering. Jack got soaked, which was hilarious. Soaked by the sprinklers. Yeah, that was good. But it was such an event. Like, and I just thought to myself, we are, we're on the next level now. We're getting there. We're, we're pushing on. A lot more to do. A lot more to do. do it was just what, an occasion, wasn't it? Do you remember what people were talking about on the morning of the game? It's incredible to think about now, but people were worried that Jack being unveiled would detract from the team and the celebrations. What a nice worry and complaint to have. That, oh no. People were giving out about it. What if people don't enjoy us lifting another league trophy as much as they do cheering the return of the greatest Irish player we've seen in the league in the last 30 yeah. years? Oh no, Gare. Yeah, let's not bring him out. It might, the, the other players <laughs> might get upset. Would you stop? We they're were in the dressing room. They don't, don't even see it. They we, won't even see it. We were able to do all three things. Okay, the trophy presentation was a bit of a shit show, but we had the trophy presentation. We had Jackson Vailing. We said goodbye to Joey. We did all three. Yeah, very, very fun. Like I said, great event. Uh, Jack on the Talking Bollocks podcast. Prof, did you listen to it? I did, did you? No. The hosts are very annoying. 
What's the story, Jacko? It's the, the first 15 minutes is absolutely insufferable. So what you have to do is you have to fast forward that, right? And then Jack takes over. And it is actually very good because it's all him talking. It's just, it, you might not have learned anything new because he's talked about it before why he left certain clubs. But it's interesting that, you know, when you hear the reasons why he left, how, how easily things can go wrong. At English and Scottish clubs. All it takes is for a manager to be sacked or... Literally. Some little misunderstanding or... And I don't think if people don't... Aren't able to understand that or grasp that. They don't understand football. Mm. In my opinion. And then people might say, Oh, well, Jack's happened to every club he's gone at. That's, I don't know. Not, not necessarily. Like, Cam Borey was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. He had a couple of good spells at different clubs. But, like, if a manager just doesn't take a shot idea, doesn't like it, you can kiss a good boy. If that's a boy name where people... Screenshot a Wikipedia page, uh, you know the list of clubs, yeah, yeah and they're yeah. making judgments. Now, if you show me Rohan Ricketts' Wikipedia page, you might have a point. <laughs> yes, that's the definition of a journeyman. Like, why is he going to Ind- India and Ecuador? <laughs> why are you going to India and Ecuador? <laughs> well, in Jack's case, it's like you read it, and it's like uh, I can't remember how long he was at Kilmarnock, but let's say like six months on paper. He's gone from Kilmarnock after six months. But there was reasons behind it. Yeah, definitely. He told yeah. that story again about putting up the, the clown emojis. I think he said he was with his sister, was it? At a circus. And he put up clown emojis. <laughs> and I think it was the Oldham chairman took that as a shot at the club. Fuck off. Clowning <laughs> <laughs> at the circus, like. Amazing. Um, yeah, so, Prof, uh, you couldn't be there. As we explained, your man passed away the night before the game. Not good enough, Prof. Should have been there. No, I'll do better next time. <laughs> next time. <laughs> um, uh, no, well, ah, well, life, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans, Gare. Yeah. But um, yeah, I haven't really talked about this, have I? I, I my, people saw my post on on Facebook on the Monday afterwards, and as I said, I I needed kind of time to process. So not many people knew about it. Very few people knew about it. And like, like that was actually your job. It was to keep people away yeah, from me, yeah, yeah. and you you did it brilliantly. In fairness, I will say though, the prof, you've one thing that you did always struggle with was public speaking. I just had to tell everybody. The prof had the church laughing. He had them crying. He cursed. Prof cursed in the church. I said feck. Ah, oh, it was fucking great. It really was. It was brilliant. It was really, really. Good. It was a lovely, lovely touch, prof. Well done. Yeah. Um. Because if if the text had come in, you know. On the day, it would have been too overwhelming. Uh, at that time, I just wasn't ready for it. And you know what you you would hate is people coming up to you. You would fucking hate that. And you know if like let's say oh yeah, props man passed, and then you went to the game, you'd have everybody coming up to you, and that is your version of hell. Gary, okay, I, I <laughs> is your version of hell. <laughs> I thought about going, Gary, but. It just wouldn't have worked because everyone would just had the total opposite energy to me. Yeah. Everyone was in party mode. I was in a completely different place. It just couldn't possibly work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone was in party mode the whole weekend, uh, with one obvious exception. Uh, the friends and family of, of Dara Lee, the young rowers lad from mm. Mount Menick, because he passed away on the Saturday, which, which was horrible news. But with the obvious exception of, of his friends and family... Everyone else at Rovers was was in party mode. Yeah. Uh, at one stage, I did 
think I, I'm going to hop in a taxi here. It was, when, <laughs> it, was, it was when Peter Collins started speaking. You're like, I'm done. <laughs> he goes, they got a quick interview with Jack after he was unveiled. And it comes back to Collins and he goes, it was great to get Jack Byrne in an impromptu situation like that. I was like, fuck this, I'm gone. <laughs> but, um, oh, he is a robot. Also, I considered... Uh, the slightest thing could set me off as well. Mm-hmm. I was a bit emotionally fragile. And I was just thinking, imagine me standing there and Joey's being subbed off. And I'm in tears. He's, he's, everyone's like, what the fuck is That's, going on here? He's, he's only moving the drunk hunter, yeah. puff. So, um, yeah. But then when I did post on, on the Monday... Uh, I remember Tommy Kelly came out to me in the four probs after he goes, he goes that's the best post I've ever seen <laughs> I'm like what <laughs> okay but uh, no but then there was there was hundreds of comments countless texts you know people at the club like Bradzer and Joey got in touch which like everyone was really nice in their, in their condolences so thank you to everyone who did and yeah the timing was horrible I mean it was the night before Essentially, the biggest robbers event in ten years. Could the timing have been any worse? <laughs> Sorry for laughing, bro. I, I don't blame you for laughing. <laughs> it's, it was insane the timing. But uh, yeah, no, I'm cool. I watched on TV. I was there when we actually sealed the league. I don't feel like I. Oh no, this wasn't. I don't think I missed. You didn't miss much. Harps was the one to be at. Harps was the mm. one to be at. Like the insane party atmosphere. Harps wasn't replicated. Like. And the fact that we had mm. to win against Harps. Do you know what I mean? That's the one you wanted to be at. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah, that was yeah. fucking great. Yeah, so probably move back to the game. The game itself. Hor gave away a penalty before half-time, which converted by Doyle. Um, Doyle, a couple of good players on this draw of the team. Once again, they're going to have to rebuild. I like your man, James. Jimmy Brown was very good right back. I thought Phillips. Phillips impressed me every time he played against us. Markey was always good. Um, they have a rebuilding process now. Adamos is a good keeper. Like the Clancy was doing good things. We spoke about this before. We thought Dundalk mm. might take him, but he's gone to Pats now. So that's both Pats and Drotta with a big rebuilding process they have to do now. Players go- coming on the roundabout, but um, yeah. So Hor giving away a penalty prof. Anyway, what I think I think it was a penalty. I'm struggling yeah, to no, remember he, back now. Hor pulled him, and was he, it a tug? He tugged him, yeah, but he went down late. So at first it looked like a bad decision, but then when you watch it back, yeah, he does blatantly pull on the shirt. Ref is always going to give that. So that puts the goal down before half time. Yep. Uh, Doyle converted the penalty. Doyle is slowly creeping up. I think he's in the top five now, all time. Got top goal scorers. Uh, Pats apparently move on the on the horizon as well. But we tell once again, tell starting to annoy people with this. This happened before with Bowes. It happened with Florida Talon, where he spots the runner and doesn't track them. And doesn't make the effort to track them as well. It happened with a few times, but he, he let him through and Doyle set up a great chance and it pissed a lot of people off, but I think... It was the way he stepped back and put his hand yeah. up. Yeah. Now, there's, there's being afraid of giving away a penalty, and there's just blatantly allowing someone whiz by you. There's a, there is a difference. Big, big task on his hands now to turn Rovers fans' opinions around and get himself into the team and playing consistently. Because we know, like, I know players change and they they might have a different style nowadays. He, the player that left, isn't the player we got. And I know there's a couple of years in the difference, but I think we surely do. it don't change that much as a player, prof. 
I think we do need to give him the chance of a second season. Definitely. He, he could, oh, yeah. He could have been tired after a full Salford season. Yeah, I don't know. So, Are we making excuses? He could come back a different player in 2022. Who knows? Yep. Or, or he could be the same. We'll have to wait and see in that one. But uh, decision-making was, was, was something that I thought let him down as well. It's just he didn't know when to let go of it. He didn't know when to do certain things, and I was just shocked. I was thinking, mm. like, this is bread and butter stuff. He's also a different player. I mean, people expecting the 2015 Dundalk tell. We're, we're, we're not getting that. Wow. Well, you know, we but, um, yeah. Uh, so two Borky goals, bro. That won it. The second was a near post header from Watts Corner with two minutes to go, and this was pretty much a carbon copy of the semi final. It was brilliant. <laughs> carbon copy whipped in outwards whipped in Borky rise to the front post except there was a corner yeah it was a corner this time yeah. brilliant stuff brilliant stuff yeah um, great ball in from, from Watts yeah another assist from him uh, the equaliser was obviously the goal of the match uh, this true ball from Danny <sighs> was outrageous and like like we said like when Danny gets in front of the goal and Borky gets in front of the goal they don't we always say they don't miss that but this was a super goal, super assistant finish, really, and the touch really as well. I mean, as great as the ball as it was, he needed the exquisite touch from Berkey to control it, and it was perfect. And the south stand again, I'm, I'm watching from t- on TV, but the uh, south stand went nuts for that equaliser. Ah, oh, it was brilliant. Just slid in, lovely, lovely, lovely goal. He doesn't score too many headers, does he, Berkey? No, but might, he's well able. I think that might only be his. Second or third, maybe. Definitely, definitely um, gone before. Oh no, I think he scored when when he scored six. He scored a couple of tap in headers, maybe. He's no more than five, I'd imagine. His so I remember, I remember interviewing him after. Uh, I think was it a court game, and he actually told me that that was his first header of his career. I think that was so, six nil versus Cork, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, flares went off after oh, the. Yes. After the uh, the winning goal, can't believe any pyro was seen. Considering recent events, yo, did this cost me a few quid as well? I had to buy fucking my wife a new jacket. Thanks, Rob Lavelle. <laughs> Flare everywhere, all over her lovely jacket. Mm. Cost me a few quid. So yeah, that was so a, a late winner. All our draw the games were just as tight as the Longford ones. Yeah, yeah. The, the two promoted teams, we played them eight times. And all games were decided. I think all of them decided by one <laughs> pretty goal. Pretty much, pretty much all of them, yeah. But also a draw thrown in there. And late winners. With draw. Here's a here's a would be stat. Draw had over two minutes away from being the only unbeaten team in Tata this season. Oh yeah, no, actually, I was I was made known of that fact. Um, by a workmate. Um, yeah, so I can only guess who that was. <laughs> yeah, so over seven and a half thousand seven seven six five official attendance. Imagine we could get that every week, prop. I know it'll drop drastically for certain games, but I'm hoping that's what we have to do as a club and gradually keep going and keep building on it and building relationships and making sure that the community are all in on it and they all want to come and watch Rovers. I mean, who wouldn't want to watch the league champions in their own hometown? Um, I was looking at a, an example there. I think it's Villarreal. Villarreal has. Maybe seventy thousand people, a little country town. Apparently, they get forty odd thousand every game. It's a small little town, the size of Tala, possibly population of Tala, and they get forty thousand, fifty thousand every game. So it's 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 there. It can happen. You know, has to be an appetite for it. But Joey's supping off. Prof, someone was cutting onions in the south stand, and um, a really really nice occasion. Yeah, he got a huge ovation, didn't he? And then, of course, afterwards, uh, getting applauded by the fans, got a big send-off, uh, well-deserved send-off. 
loved his interview as well, Norty. Afterwards, he said uh, it's been a hell of a day. Uh, had a decent game too. There was he played a pass out to Greener midway through the second half. Like he sprayed a lovely ball. One of them. Oh. Yeah, it was one of those. Uh, Finner went off on the air mark, so actually not sure whether the armband went to Pigo then when he came on, or Joey had it for about fifteen minutes there. I'm not sure if he ever had the armband, but uh, yeah, obviously the substitution and the send off at the end was was, was fantastic. Just um, we've we've said it all about Joey already. It's just it's hard to replace someone like that, and he's gonna there's gonna be a massive gap in the dressing room and on the pitch. So it's about someone to step into the void now and see who can step it up and actually I know he's he, like he's irreplaceable as a character in the dressing room. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of like when Twiggy left in 2012 that was emotional for a lot of people. I was still relatively a new fan back then. This is the first time now a Rovers player is leaving. Emotional and on a, on a personal level, I am going to really miss the guy. Yeah. Around the club. It's just there's something about him. He's just it's he's one of those people that others get drawn to him just because of his personality, just because of the way a guy is. Do you know what I mean? You kind of want to be in his presence. He's just a cool bloke. So, like I said, we will we will miss it off. And McCann, Prof, did you see Deegan getting sent back to Kulak by McCann? <laughs> this was a fucking red card. If oh. there ever was one. Ever was one. Oh, this was a horrible tackle. He wow. You leave the studs on him. He it's... fucking left everything on him. <laughs> he fucking hammered him. I couldn't believe it. This was revenge, though, wasn't it? Because they were nipping at each other. Yeah. And um, McCann had a great end of season, hadn't he? A couple of games. Did, yeah. Like that's last four games or so. He did a yeah. brand though. Contracts running out. Start picking it up. In fairness to Deegan, did you see his reaction? He yeah, he didn't. No reaction. That's that's him though. That's what he's like. Like he'll he'll gladly turn around to you and he'd say, Yeah, fuck it. Go, hit me like that, I'll hit you back. He's like that, I'll give him that like. Didn't seem to affect him at all. Um so the Emperor, quite a young team. Morphy Noonan and Amaku. Amaku's gonna be a big one. Really buying into the Rovers way of life. Yeah, I didn't actually check, but the average age of that eleven at the end of the 90 minutes it must have been in the low 20s it was it was a young team wasn't it and then we was only discussing this today actually with somebody about the average age of Rovers team in general of our starting 11 I think it was was it 31 well I think Big Allen and Finner have been keeping it high and then of course Tell came in he's what 30 I'm nearly sure I saw it as 31.7 Gaffney's 31 so there there have been points in the season where we have like the oldest team in the league Mm. But then sometimes, like if you take Finner or Manus out of it, that they are kind of just starting a bit. But ultimately, is that such a bad thing? Because you you've won the league, so how is it that bad bad of a thing? And we have players coming through the system and the academy, and we're actively putting them in the team. Amaku being another success story. So is is it such a bad thing? There's there's pros and there's cons to this. There's the two ways you can look at it. No, you want a nice blend. You want you want young, hungry players because that's that's what that's the team Brad's are built from the start. The likes of, of Watts, uh Gary O'Neill, these sort of players who hadn't won a league before mm. and wanted to prove themselves. That at that plus experienced players like Finner and Manus, that's that has been the backbone of our team that has lovely years. mix. It is a nice mix. Yeah. We've gotten it right over the last while. Uh, trophy presentation prof kids ruined it 
Um, kids, kids crying. Kids crying. No lab von art as planned. Um, yeah, after all their, after oh. all the pleas, <laughs> <laughs> failed miserably. People still ran the pitch. Like we said, uh, the average age of them was probably fourteen or something. But uh, the the pleas to get people to stay in the pitch, they were never going to work unless. What we would have had to do was the club would have to put out something on TikTok, where they lip sync a song <laughs> for eight seconds. Stay up, bitch. Because that's Stay. all young people understand now. They only have eight seconds of time. Mm-hmm. They won't give you any more than that, and you need to lip sync. Yeah, I think I agree with you. That's what it takes. But um, some questionable parenting involving a flare. <laughs> Less- oh my god. I actually couldn't. Make, I thought this. I thought this little child was a fucking fairy or a pixie just flying across the pitch. Because the way I was looking at the legs, I was just looking at the the light, and I was like, "What is that? A fucking child with a flare?" It's like, "Oh my god!" I watched that five times, and I was so like, funny. And I was like, "This didn't happen." Ah, oh, no, I'm, I'm telling you. And she was. She wasn't really. She was about ten, maybe max. So I don't know. Pico was doing his chant on the podium. Yeah. Uh, some nice photos taken with the trophy afterwards like the players and the board after the lights went out Brazzer got one with his own family so uh, some really nice uh, photos from the night yeah. all the hard work coming uh, come to the end uh, Gary O'Neill went full John Terry he certainly did he went in with the full kit but like I said earlier just it was 10 years in the making wasn't it it was the first time we got to lift the league trophy in front of our own fans uh, we all know what happened last year. Uh, some more TV perspective notes. Um, did you notice on the day some people were giving out that this game was chosen for coverage? Yeah, yeah. They were saying that there's other things at stake and they should have been showing the other ones. This is what RT have done for years and years. They yeah. always show the champions and the trophy presentation. So it's true to form. Yep. Um, like I said, Joey's interview was fantastic. He said it he said it's not, uh-huh. not not a bad way to go out. Look okay. it. Uh, listen. Uh, my other notes were uh, Kenny Cunningham's glasses were about the third the size of his head. <laughs> Dennis Taylor. Yeah. It's actually funny enough, this <laughs> something on Twitter when you're talking about funny glasses, this, this girl on Twitter, she got a new pair of glasses. This is totally off, 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 offside, but she got a really, really large pair of glasses and her husband kept calling her Dennis. <laughs> and it, she kept going on about it on Twitter as the weeks were going on it's like you just want to fucking stop calling me Dennis he actually bought her a snooker queue for Christmas <laughs> he's called her Dennis Taylor for weeks and she's like he actually got me a snooker queue for Christmas I thought it was fucking brilliant and um, my, my final TV note is there was a moment in the second half it was really funny go on um, the camera Cuts on uh, Tim Clancy in the dog in the draw of the dugout, right? Right. So I just cussed him, and he's sitting there with sort of his hand on his face, and within one second of the camera cutting to him, he turned and then legged it back into the dressing room. It was like he, full time. No, no, this is like during the game. He just sprinted. It's like he just remembered he had the immersion on. <laughs> I'd say the stomach drop. But the camera just happened to go on him at that moment, and he's just gone. And everyone's like, what's that about? What is that? <laughs> no, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, Prof. Stats. There is a mathematician, a different kind of mathematician, and a statistician. Stats out! <laughs> <laughs>
Have you got, is this a match stats or full-time season yeah, stats? Yeah, some end-of-season stats. So we broke a couple of... I'm liking this now. A couple of club records. Uh, the previous records for points was 77, so we we, we overtook that. Oh, lovely. And uh, 23 wins in a season, we got our 24th win. So uh, that was a club record. This is beating all the four in a row, boys. Well, the four in a row, I mean... Those seasons were 22 games. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And two points for a win, you know. So we weren't going to break it there. It's more 2011, these records were oh, set, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, Berkey scored his 50th goal for Rovers in that, by scoring that winning goal. Lovely. Uh, you might have seen him put up on Twitter that Sean Gannon won his eighth winner's medal of his career. Uh, turns out I got that one wrong because he doesn't count the one he got in 2011. He says he didn't even get a medal. But I assumed he did because in Ireland it doesn't matter how many games you play. Oh really? Yeah. Do you know about in England like I think Yeah, ten. Minimum of ten or something, yeah. yeah. I remember actually Tony Adams when he was retiring for Arsenal. He had only played nine games. And they put him on, didn't they? And then Wenger brought him on just to get the medal, yeah. But in Ireland it doesn't matter, so I said, well he must have got the medal. And you can give them to anybody. You can give them to the T lady. Like it's, like it's up to the club to hand out the medals we have it to you lady <laughs> but um, no apparently he didn't get one so it's only seven but if you, if you want to say he's won eight leagues then, yeah, really then Mar- here's a good stat from Martin Moore he's won the same amount of leagues as St. Pat's <laughs> only four clubs have won more titles than Sean and he's only 30 well well so, even if it's not eight and it's only seven uh, medals, uh, he's equaled the all-time record held by Owen Heary, Johnny Matthews and John O'Neill, the former Waterford players. They all had seven league winners medals, so he's up there amongst those three. Yeah, so Do you know what was great about him? I was chatting to him, I can't remember where it was, could have been in the points, and it might have been in the, in the Irish Town House, and he said that, I, I was saying to him I said the move to right centre back was a gift for you he says yeah he said I honestly struggled with everything when I came to Rovers he said I struggled with the pace I struggled with the dressing room he said he struggled to adapt to everything that was so new and so forward thinking and he said he struggled for, for weeks so he finally got, got got into the groove and it's he's been, been a brilliant. revelation there he's been brilliant yeah he really has it's good to see that he can still change at that level of his career now as well and he can still up it and change it really really cool Quick stat about the league in general: there were only four scoreless draws in the 180 games. It's very low, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. That was I heard that one on a different podcast. Um, we gained 28 points from losing positions, oh. and we only dropped four from winning positions. That's amazing! Amazing stat. The points gap. You heard me talk about this in the weeks leading up, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the record is still Bowes 19 in 2008, but we equaled that Lawn's joint second uh, biggest ever gap, 16 points. Mind the gap. That was in uh, the late 70s, 80s, I think. Um, here's one that I I said I would look it up, and then I kind of forgot. Remember I was talking about, is this our biggest gap over Bowes? Yes. Remember at one stage it was 30 points. Oh, Prof had a bit of time in his hands. Yeah, one side was 30 points, obviously came back down to uh, 26. Yeah, this is a good one, actually. So, here's... I'll throw out some figures to compare it to, right? Mm-hmm. 
we finished 23 points above Bowles in 2013. Even though 2013 was a crap season for us. Yeah, it was terrible. They had an even worse season. We finished 25 points above them in 1994. This is great. When we won the league. Yep. So, this year it was 26. So, it's the most in the modern era and it's the most since a 27 point gap in 1964 <laughs> so this is the most points we finished above Bowes since 64 oh my god the stats prop with the stats and finally uh, this but they have bees bees uh, this was sent in by Ryan McDyer he pointed out that Chris McCann is this this absolute nutcase who is the coefficient king. Oh, yeah. How does he do it? He's putting Dan Vorm to shame at this stage. Wow. Impressive stuff. He pointed out that Chris McCann has now won a League of Ireland medal and an MLS, MLS medal. And he was asking me like about other players who have done that. Or not just not just MLS, but won like uh, a League of Ireland medal and another Significant one enough in another country. country. Yeah, yeah. And... Out of pure laziness, because I'm in the off-season, I'm resting. <laughs> I'm going to throw this out to you people. I'm on stats holidays, because I've got a documentary to edit. Does anyone else have some suggestions to send in? Rovers players who won a medal for us and other countries. Ooh, there we go, yeah. So that is the stats for this season, end of season stats. Do you remember we used to predict who'd get the most cards, who'd get the most goals, most assists? We should do that again next year. Still, I still have the notebook somewhere. Those always go crack. Yeah. Um. So staff, board, volunteers, photos. They got all their. They got all sorted after it as well. Um. The the session was nuts after it. Like there was just session upon session. And you get a text every so often. You're like, yeah, everyone's down here. Let's go. It's just fucking deadly. Mm-hmm. But Danny won Player of the Year, and Idemo was Young Player of the Year. So yeah, at least um, we don't have to follow the club now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Aaron Dunn can calm down. This sparked lethal debates. It really did. It was like really, really heated debates in pub corners, you know. In um, the draw of the game, actually, Danny had a shot cleared off the line and then he had a shot right at the end, the last minute, where he plays it over. So, you know what that means, Gare? Oh. Sean Boyd in 2016 is still the last player to score in four consecutive games. <laughs> Danny could have equaled it if he had scored there. Boydie will be on the end of a battle, a Dublin Derby battle next week, next season. Um, now the kids there as well, Prof, all wearing Rovers gear. Um, people are really buying into it, and it's great. It's great to see all the affiliate clubs coming in and wanting to go, or like a Palamoyne, good Palamoyne and work. He's gone. He got season tickets as well this year, so it's it is. It's starting to kick off, and that's what success does. Unfortunately, people are fickle like that, but you keep winning leagues, you'll get more crowds. I think it was Ray Whedon who pointed it out that. The fact that they're wearing Rovers gear and not like your Liverpool shirts. Mm. It used to piss me off. Yeah. They're actually wearing, they're not just showing up at the games with a casual interest. They're wearing the Rovers tops. Yeah. I think that, that does mean something. Which is bought by their parents. So obviously they've said, mm. can I have this? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was great as well. The whole, the way the, the night went. It was great for all the newbies and the casuals that were there because they saw a win they saw goals. They saw both goals were into the cell stand. They saw a full house. Like, that was important that we did that. 
to get these people back next it year. was it was but then they're going to see UCD at home on the fourth day of the season do you know what I mean I think I think that's ideal what do you think so because UCD would otherwise be a lower attendance game in like March or April oh maybe so maybe so yeah that's not a bad show because now you're going to get a full house yeah 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 very true up there for for thinking prof but when all was said and done Gar it was it was quite the event quite the night I think we can all agree that the highlight of the evening was Ryan Connolly's goal in Batty Buffet oh my god what? dedicated to Carl Cairns what a screamer that was wow absolute cracker I think they won four, five now. Yeah, they yeah. tore it. They tore it up just to stay up. It's great to see them staying up as well. So yeah. we already have our way trips planned with the Bally Buffet and Derry. But uh, Barney Lee Barnwell, the ever quotable Barney, um, he summed it up pretty much. Eight thousand crowd last night. New stand being built. Jack Bourne back at the club. Brad's are staying on. Academy picking up. A mark who ready to break through, run amok. Big European money coming in again next season. The club are in some position at the moment. Breathe it in and enjoy it. Yes. No better way to sum it up. That's perfect. No better way to sum it up. Big big B as usual with his words of wisdom. When's the book? When is the book, Barney? <laughs> and it was a proper seller, wasn't it? People were saying like you'd look up and there was no gaps in the seats on TV. It looked amazing, I have to tell you. You literally couldn't move. It was deadly. And, and that's it, the way outstanding terraces should be. It should be all jammed in, crammed together. Like It was deadly. And as you said, imagine that every week uh, you had Tommy Tarmy on Twitter trying to find out when was the last league of game with 8,000 people at it there were, people are going back to the late 90s I, I don't know I can't, I can't think of it really can't it's brilliant and then we had more from philosopher Barnwell oh, more. he said he said I never thought robbers would pull crowds of 7,000 plus for league games couldn't imagine it during the nomadic years and that made me think I think I might need Bernie on the documentary because I love how he just uh, you, you might. I love how he just makes these observations because sometimes I ask these sort of questions to people you know like I'm picturing the documentary in my mind and I want them to make sort of grand statements comparing the nomadic years to now yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm trying to get it out of them trying to prod and post he's them. gold though he just comes out with this like stuff that I normally have to coax out of people yeah. brilliant brilliant stuff I think you're missing the beat if you don't Get yourself out of the Donna B. Now, um, in disguise or? Uh, I just, think you mo- the two years have to Bernie. come up with the most elaborate disguise you can come up with <laughs> and just sit there and have a genuine conversation. <laughs> um, turn your in the day after, once again. This is uh, seems to be the go-to place whenever we win a trophy. It's a great little spot going down. and uh, the, the conversation picked up again. We were nearly battered again for suggesting someone other than Danny Mandrew gets player of the year. But uh, we spoke about the... The the barman didn't we? He was on speed. Oh yeah, was he there again? Was he? Yeah, he was there again. What was the Pico and and Maya were having an old dance? Oh no, sorry, that was the the points. That was the points. The points was that big mad session, and ah uh, oh, Maya just came up to me and said, "Listen, is is there any chance I could sing a song?" I was like, "Yeah, go ahead. What do you want to sing?" She said, "Pico song." I was like, "Yes, <laughs> yes." Tore the place up. Tore the roof off the place. It's great. Uh, the Pines Mafia made a, spress- a special presentation to Joey. It was a framed photo. You know when we sealed the title very, against very Harps. Nice. Very nice, yeah. And he he's kind of looking down, and you can see the all the fans on the pitch behind him. It's an ep- yeah, epic. Who photo. took that photo by the way? I know. Unbelievable stuff. Um, 
It'll be Sean Francis. He said, what a time to be a player of Shamrock Rovers. I hope all the players make these years the best of their lives. It's a wonderful club. I was privileged to be there, even though at tough times. It's magnificent magnificent to see the fans falling through the grounds with over 7,000 fans. KOH. That's great. That's Sean. That's kind of funny guy, isn't it? Sean Francis on Twitter. In and around the Mark Kenny era. Yeah, yeah. A striker from the early 90s, yeah. <coughs> he was actually Tifty's first COVID victim. Because he was due to come on for a monthly madness. Like the weekend, everything, the shit hit the fan. And uh, he was really looking forward to it too. So I'm, I'm sure we can rearrange it. But um, yeah, so brilliant stuff. And then he had a reply to Mark Kenny. This was in the, you know, the Rovers Look Back <laughs> series. So when Mark Kenny was featured, Sean Francis wrote this. He said, great teammate, great player, top three funniest people I know, great ping, great whip. Not a bad gargler, great flute, great storyteller, and all-round top bloke. There you go. That's that's a uh, that's gonna be on his gravestone. Great flute. How do you top that? <laughs> um, yeah. So Rob's have been doing this on this day on Twitter. I have to say, I've been loving social media recently. It's been very cool. Uh, December third, hashtag OTD. Hundred years ago was this. The club received a telegram telling the team not to travel to our FAI Cup qualifying round toy away to Tipperary Wanderers as the game had been postponed because the local British garrison insisted on using the ground for the Army Cup. Wow. That's pretty cool. I'm loving this on this day and I'm loving the player features as well. Just randomly picking players and giving them a little fact file. Easy reading, you know. And then Leighton Doyle replied to that saying did Bowles win the Army Cup match? Ew. I actually knew about this story because um this is the first year of the FEI Cup, which Rovers ended up getting to the final, only to lose to St. James's Gay. But Rovers were actually beaten along the way because we Rovers lost this game 1 0 to uh, Tipperary Wanderers, but then lodged an appeal on the grounds that the goals used were not of the regulatory height Fuck off, and there were no flagpoles. And they won, and then they won the replay 1 0. And then they went all the way to the final. And won? No, no, I didn't win the cup last one. But uh, I think that's one of three instances in the history where Rovers have lost an FEI Cup game but still made it all the way to the final. Because I think it was in the 1940s they used to do two-legged games. Like there was one against Dundalk, I think, where Rovers lost 3-0 in the first leg and won 5-0 in the second leg. (laughs) Fuck off, will you? Yeah. Uh, Liam Scales prof doing tearing up Celtic Park at the minute President's Cup goal voted Dundalk goal or has voted uh, the goal of the season and rightly so brilliant brilliant goal yeah I mean I was going to say clear winner I mean I suppose you could argue Berkey's from the halfway line yeah we've had a, actually some really really I, goals I just think that Scales goal that was the most that was the most special ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and as you say since we've recorded well, not including last week, but since you know six weeks ago, we've had Scalesy score on his league debut. Then he followed that up with a man in the match performance against Batiste. I think it was an assist as in well in the Conference League. Uh, he ends up getting big praise by Chris Sutton as well, so he's really taken off. Then he wasn't in the following squad. I think was that a bereavement? He, he, he missed had, that game. Yeah, there was something up anyway. And uh, I think he's been the last couple of teams now, so. Yeah, he's he's up and running, isn't he? By the way, our old friend, our old friend Kenny Barrett, he backscales he to score that goal at thirty three to one. Not surprised at <laughs> all. That is if some some Ken Barrett up, 
That is it. Oh, he is, he's unbelievable. The cat falls on his feet every time. Unbelievable the amount of money that fellow wins on mad bets. 40 to ones and all, like it's crazy. I still refuse to watch Celtic, but I am I'm delighted for him. I'm I am hundred percent and do you know what it is? Right, I I love when they I love when a manager comes from out of nowhere and I was looking into this big Ange dude and I just like his fact file. I like the type of player, I like the type of guy he is way he goes about his business looking at all, all like interviews and stuff like that he's going to be successful with them he really is he wins everywhere he goes he's annoyed for a player I, I really like like I'm watching Celtic this year I'm not a Celtic fan but I like this type of player that he's brought in and what he's doing with that club I, I think it's I think it's really cool especially this Kyogo guy oh my god what an exciting football player just that type of thing you know I, I look for all around the world and watch any team but I'm actually interested in Celtic this year Skazi, of course, already had experience in Europe. He had two assists with us in the summer. There you go. So yeah. he's only adding to it. And a goal, didn't he? We got that header. Oh, he scored in yeah. uh, Estonia. Yes, right, yeah. So, yeah, we'll move on. Forrester Kelly Lopez received PFAI Player of the Year Award nominations. Nominations. And Kelly won. Dawson's avoid got the Young Player of the Year Award. Um, expected, really. Brad's over manager of the year. Back-to-back awards for the Gaffer two in a row. <laughs> And all the podcasts start doing their own teams of the years. And yeah, some of them were just ridiculous. And it was great to hear Garrett's absolutely hammer a few of them. And he, I think he just sums it up for how it was. He was like, so the team with the best defence in the league, you have none of the defenders. Yeah, he was... Alan Manis, the most clean sheets, you haven't got them in your team. He was slagging McDonald, I think Paul Curry as well. McDonald, um, no, it wasn't McDonald. He was slagging jo- uh, Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, I think it was Johnny McDonald, wasn't yeah. it? He doesn't watch the league. At one stage, he doesn't watch the fucking league. At one stage, he said, "Spoofer." Gary O'Neill doesn't play enough. Thirty-six games this year. He's played thirty-six games and he's played twenty-seven games since June. Doesn't play enough. Needs to play more. Out of the- Would you fuck off? Like he doesn't watch the league, so his opinion gone, gone. He probably asked the yeah. lads beforehand. He's looked at your team, will you? Who who else played well this season? <laughs> Who's decent? No, I love Gareth calling them out, and Gareth's had Gaffney in his team, and Gaffney. Scales and Pico were in the in the PFEI team of the year and I know this has been talked about the death so we're not going to spend too long on it but I mean four players from the fifth place team three from the champions make it make sense it doesn't like Talbot concedes 46 goals fifth highest clean sheets in the league with eight Manus had 13 Talbot's in team of the year. Uh, I mean, no Danny Watts or Finn. How is Danny and Watts not in it? The more I think about it, the Danny one, I think it might be because the player is choosing it. Yeah, maybe. Might and be they, maybe they dislike him. Mm. But the more I think about it, Watts not being in it is How many ridiculous. assists? 15 assists, maybe. He's absolute killer. It's ridiculous. Now, we've always said in the show, Gary, assist stats are crucial. Yeah. They're everything. 100%, yeah. Absolutely crucial. Same way we've always rated Jack Bourne. <laughs> um, so we'll move on to Robbers and Gambazoon who received nominations from the Indo Awards. For the, Can we even... Does this mean that anymore? The Indo Awards? Considering they haven't been uh, the most popular newspaper recently mm. with some of the headlines that they've been Is this the one in. where you can cheat and keep voting as many times <laughs> as you want? <laughs> yeah, I think it is, yeah. Anyone who's working from home... Uh, I think at one stage I think some team from Kilkenny Ballyhale or something like that sprouted up overnight and they burst into a lead <laughs> so um, yeah Robs and Gambazunu they got the nominations for the Indo Awards and um, 
team of the year and young sports side of the year. So Gav won the PFA Irish overseas winner of the year. So the youngest ever winner, what a season he's had. What a season. Breaking through into the international yeah. team, playing consistently now. His next step, he was, was it League 2, League 1? Did he play League 2 and then League 1? Oh, League 2 was... I think it was Rochdale. Rochdale and then... League 1. Portsmouth. Portsmouth. It has to be, has to be Premier League now. Someone has to look at him and go, give me some of that. I've not checked his most recent stats, but at the time of him winning this award, I think he had kept six clean sheets in eight games. I think that weekend, there was a save that went viral against Markham. Remember that one? That outrageous save. <laughs> and I some lo- of the stuff he's done, though. I loved his interview as well. I mean, he's so humble. Yeah. He really is going to make it. It's going to be huge. And... <laughs> Don't be surprised if he ends up in Newcastle. 40, 50 million quid. Rovers <laughs> looking at a nice sign on fee there. I mean, you'd be mad not to take a chance on him. Yeah, even if taking a chance, you're getting a solid goalkeeper. You know what you're getting. Can I just say something about, about my old pal, uh, Rory Gaffney? Yeah. If that, if that club uh, player of the year vote was taken before the Finn Harps match... When Danny scored two and we sealed the title. <laughs> am I am I am I wrong though? No, Gaffney, he was he was Gaffney up there. He was up there, right? Yeah, a hundred percent top two, top three. And I'll I'll attest to that and I'll say that I made a phone call for the player of the year, Tifty's the Tifty's player of the year to Gaffney to make sure he'd be there. <laughs> so that'll tell you how much I thought he was gonna get it. So I rang him and I said, can you make sure that you're here on the 27th? And it was early, you know, it was getting me, getting me ducks in a row. It could have been at the start of November, maybe. Or maybe it was October, but either way, it was an early phone call. And I just said, listen, make sure you're there. Those two, I remember you showed me the little uh, pie chart showing the split of votes. Yeah. Finn and Gaffney were locked head to head for a good week, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. And then it went up to Danny and Finn and the two of them fought it out. I think there was maybe a 2% in it, maybe. Now, Danny was on fire at the end of the season. Gaffney didn't play. So I just feel like because Gaffney didn't play, he's just become the forgotten man. Yeah. He had a great season. He was. He was really good in Europe as well. He got to have a couple of holes. Like, it's a great conversation to be able to have. Um, But the, the real Player of the Year awards, Prof, at the four provinces, the social event of the year. Uh, Warren and I... The biggest LOA event of that weekend is what we build it as. <laughs> we had great crack with that. Brad's are crowning peak. Gary O'Neill Finner, and Finner got voted the Tifties Player of the Year, hosted by Gertz. Um I was lie that Finner won our one. Yeah, make it a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ozzy Nate was on security. Did a great job. Um, I think at one stage he was really, really sober. And he was doing a great job. And then I think just <laughs> yeah. like an hour later, I was yeah. he was no top on. I was like, where? Security man's dancing around now. <laughs> no one was getting past him until he did his usual match day turn and became a different <laughs> match person. Day turn. Then he was about as useful as a trapdoor in a rowing boat. <laughs> but uh, he was checking. He was checking the COVID certs. He was. He, he was checked the man. Pat Burns. He, he checked Pico's. Great job. Can only imagine him checking Pico's one and be like, "Oh, it says here you flew in from South Africa recently." It was. It was coming in, mate. At one stage, right? I was trying to get Finn up and have a grand entrance for the trophy and that and I'm at the door and there's Mick Bourne there's Pat Bourne there's Neville Stephen and Ozzy Nate's like where the fuck are you going? I was like let them in will you? you're a fucking <laughs> madman let them in and they're like it's okay you know how Pat Bourne is the nicest yeah. man in the world it's okay it's okay don't worry 
it's okay. And he's asking for certs, and I'm like, fucking four in a row, legends, will you let them in? I'm just doing my job. Is this our own fault for employing someone who doesn't recognise? Ah, uh, yeah, he's the main players. man. No, he's yeah. the main man. He's the main man. That's what you want. I know. No fucking no yeah. favors being done at all. Yeah. Um he did he was in a battle with those balloons around the door. <laughs> all nightmare. He just keep running in and every time he ran into them, he looked at them as if he had never seen them before. And James Lowe, you've never seen a man more amused by this. He just thought this was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> um So I had James beside me and at one stage, Finner mentioned sporting Fingal. And five, five or six people around us all turned to look at him. But James wasn't there. He was on his fifth so bathroom everyone, everyone visit. Everyone just turned to look at an empty space beside me. It was so <laughs> funny. Um, yeah, but no, overall, like it, it really, really was a fucking great night. I mean, big shout out to anyone who helped us out. Garth was unbelievable. He, do not heckle Graham Garland. You oh, will not win. Your man with the earring. You, Jay Mangan. Took him down. Got, took him down. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, I believe I, he joined uh, Ray's curry as well. Yeah. Garrett's oh, did. They all, they all got a bit of curry. Everyone was fed. Big shout out to Ray as well, feeding us all. wonder how many people made the per- more paprika joke. Um, yeah, I, I don't think so. I think he might have gave them stern warnings. But it was just a fucking brilliant night. It really was. And big shout out to... The Brad's are for not jumping on me afterwards as well, considering he got a little bit offended by one of my questions. Yeah, I asked one question about Joey. Uh, I asked for a specific example, something he contributed on or off the pitch, and Cronin said it was the Harps match. Right. Because he played through injury. Mm. The recent Harps match. So he said that that summed him up. So it was an absolutely brilliant night, and Look at the feedback we got from it. Like, people loved it. I probably loved it more than anyone because that was my first time seeing everybody since Waterford. Yeah, and it was your night off as well. Yeah. Take a little break from doing the scripts and doing everything. But I think one thing we took from it is that we possibly need a bigger room. Yeah. This has been on my mind for weeks. I'm talking weeks. And you know, I've been going in, I've been making it my, I've been just going to the provinces every so often and I'd be driving by, I'd be in around and I'd drop in for one and I go up and I was just sipping on a point looking around the room going I'm fucked you're like that meme of that woman who looks like Julia Roberts with all like the mathematical equations yeah yeah <laughs> you oh, sizing man. up the room but uh, I, I remember when, when people pulled out normally like you're, you've spent weeks organising the big events you're disappointed when people pull out <laughs> but every time you got a text saying I won't make it I could just see your face you're like yes fucking lovely that's another one another one down but uh, no, I can't. I can't thank everybody enough, like for making it night that it was, and thanks everybody for coming up to me as well uh, on the night, like offering me condolences, uh, being really nice to me. One of the who bets didn't even say anything; she just gave me a long hug. Ah, oh, that's all. You and I was like, isn't it? I was like, ah, oh, that was so nice. Uh, some other funny incidents, though. Uh, you mentioned Nate, Nate, and Sprague. Had, his, had had their shirts off, which is just standard at this stage. Yeah. Nate and Siobhan dancing at one stage. Uh, Liam O'Brien was there. He's someone I have never met before. Yeah, he was. Uh, we gave them a big show as well. Like the four, four in a row turned up. Like the legends from the four in a row turned up. It was brilliant. Current league winners, past league winners, cup winners. Absolutely brilliant. Potential interview there, I think. Yeah, there we go. I think he was the. Uh, oh, I might need to recheck this. 
I think he was the last signing at Manchester United in 1985. That, that, I heard that. Before Fergie came in. I think I've heard this. Or was it Fergie's fourth signing? I think he was. I think he might have been Rowan Atkinson. Either way, there's something there. Ron, Ron Atkinson, not the actor. Ron <laughs> not Mr. Bean. <laughs> last signing. Um, yeah, potential interview there. Chris McCann rocked up, but for some reason he didn't go on stage, Gar. Chris McCann was there? No, <laughs> it's an inside oh, joke. Oh, Jer Mason, the <laughs> drunkest man on the planet. Everyone thought he was Chris McCann. Oh, he, yeah, I tell you yeah. what, he, I won't, like I said, it's what did they put in the fucking piper over there in the beard? Jesus yeah. Christ, it's the devil's piss. Great, great night. And uh, Pico, I, I was giving Pico doubles. He was asking me for Jameson and Ginger Ale, so obviously I had a little tab looking after the players and everyone else and I went to, every time I give him a double Jameson and ginger ale and I poured ginger ale in I go there you go mate there you go but Grant he was absolutely gargled but at the end of it he came home and goes you giving me fucking doubles <laughs> gotta do he goes sorry everyone yeah. else is drinking pints but you can't miss that opportunity people were getting photographs with the trophy the trophy was there and uh, Rob Lavelle gets got one of him and you just He's he's been photobombed by a drowsy looking Pico. Oh yes. So you just see Pico in the background, his eyes are like t- At one stage he dragged yeah. me over to Tomo with the little brother and he was like We're all D twelve. We're all D twelve, we're all crumbling. We're all crumbling. We all stick together. And they go, Pico, you fucking idiot. Crumbling, we all know what you like, yes. We all know what you like, yes. Oh brilliant. Some good questions being asked. Uh, some really, really good questions. And some, uh, like as well, I loved a bit of bite. And that's what I was trying to hammer home is that, no, don't record it. Let it be natural. A couple of photos are okay. Let the let the crowd and the, the guests mingle in the right way that it's a once-off opportunity to be able to be at home and at, at ease with, with the staff. And that's the way it was. See, when Karen Connolly asked about boss, oh, my God. I feel the room just go cold. I must have stepped out for that one. I don't remember she that She just one. said, what's the story with Bows? Why can't we beat them? And Bradzer was like, whoa, okay. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Do you, do you want, I think at one stage he goes, do you want to just give them the trophy and then we'll take wins? We'll take the wins back or something along that line? And the Connellys were right beside the stage, yeah, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I remember that because when I was making my speech, John Connolly got me with a quip. But, uh, yeah, good questions, including our own Turner, Gare, who was dying all night to ask the question. He was like, do you know in school when someone, and they're like, mm, oh, 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 they're putting their arm up, they go, me, 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 me. He was dying <laughs> to ask Bradza who his worst signing was. And uh, and then five minutes later, he just heard Turner, didn't even answer me question. He fucking did. We were like, what? Just talked about it for five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, great band as well, Gary. Ah, the flock of boards. Now check these guys out. Like I said, the famous Tommy Fields, Sean Fields, or Fields' own Fields' uh, da. These have just kind of they got together through COVID, and just for love of Irish music, Tommy was in Germany, uh, singing away in all the the Irish bars over there, and I don't know how they got together, but obviously I chat with Tommy, and I said to Tommy, "What do you want? Do you want to do you want to jump in there and?" At one stage, he came up, like I was looking at the set list, and there was a couple of slow songs on it, and I didn't take any notice of it, and he came up to me and he goes, this lot are fucking pissed, let's raise it up, and he just started playing <laughs> loads of upbeat songs, and he goes, they're not going to fucking dance, and he said, that, he said let's, give them, let's give them something they can dance to. I saw you jump in as DJ for a moment, well. Yeah, I was playing out the tunes at the end of the night. Uh, great, great fucking night. And- uh, you had a good idea to, to uh, have copies of Talic Time. Just uh, lying about there, and they all sold bar oh. one, which 
was covered in beer stains. Oh no, someone used it as a coaster. And a good a good a good <laughs> double use for it. No, no, thanks to the people who bought it and you know, uh you remember Stephen Lynch, you know, his dad. He was Great there. fella. He was there and I just saw him going leaving the pub and he was clutching Teletime. Like like it was the best book ever. Yeah, I, was yeah. like, I was like, cool. He was like, I can't wait to go home and sit yeah. on the toilet and read this. <laughs> <laughs> Does he read books though? I just I just assume he just collects badges. Yeah, he just, yeah, just needs more yeah, badges yeah. for his hat. Ba- badge man. But yeah, no, top top lads, top family. And I mentioned the trophy there. Um it, it wasn't this night actually, I think. Uh Lee Grace, remember he brought the trophy to the Rings End tournament, which, yeah, we'll, which yeah. we'll talk about a little bit later on. But uh, he, he had the trophy in Carrick and Shore, and there was a great photo of him and his dad, who was on his round delivering the post in his posty uniform and all. Uh, also with Les Lowe, friend of the show. He's a former Hoops scene contributor. Uh, remember he, he paid tribute to Joe Merriman? Yes. Uh, so it was a photo of the three of them. And there was another post on on Twitter, uh, a Mr. Kylie. I'm not sure who this is, but he he uh, replies to the picture of uh, Lee Grace with the trophy when he brought it back home to his former club, Carrick. And he said, "A gentleman, he made my father's year, following Rovers nearly sixty years, and he got to hold the league trophy in his own back garden." Ah, wow! Beautiful stuff like that. Like that type of thing is fantastic, isn't it? Just makes your day. Yeah. So well done to all the lads. And of course, Finn, I wasn't the only one to receive an award, Prof. Am I right? Yes. Uh, Haley from the Far Provinces won the Bartender of the Year award. If there's anybody that does not take shit, it's fucking Haley. Well, wow. now knows how to knows how to treat robbers, lads. And like I said to her initially when we were first kind of building this relationship, I said, "Thick skin is needed." <laughs> and she said no problem dealing with lads don't worry about it I said they're different type of lads <laughs> like no problem so, it's been it's been a great relationship and they've never had any issues bar the odd one or two or like a broken chair or something like that but other than that the Rovers have been great we know we're on to a good thing and it was funny chatting to her she noticed the different subgroups within the Rover support she was like I noticed that the kind of rough rough fellas were over there and then yeah. she noticed she know she could tell who the ultras were. She's like, "That's your little gang there, the Tifties lads." It's like she knew all the little subgroups. It was, it was yeah. cool to hear someone talk about it who's <clears throat> and from a neutral perspective. Yeah, no, Haley's been great to us. I mean, ever since was a June, I think you know the, the fans there come back in, and the, the away games came back and stuff. And she she like come in early on the Saturday to open up for us before we'd head off. And uh, I think the other staff are a bit jealous now. Though I think the I think it's this award has lit a fire under them. They're That's all, what we wanted, isn't they're it? They're all gunning for it next year. Open their game now. But uh, no, Hayes been has been great to us. And a couple of quick stories about uh, my friend Owen. He's uh, like yourself, Gary. He's someone I've known since since childhood, but he's now interested in football. And um, so I'll come back to that in a moment. But after. It was the day after my my mum's funeral. He wanted to meet up for a point, and uh, I said, "Four provinces are nothing." Yeah, that's what I gave. It's the option I gave him. So he comes into the four provinces, and he hadn't been there since it had become the four provinces. So the last time he was in there, it was the black horse, mm. and it brought back a lot of memories for him because his dad, who has also passed away sadly about ten years ago, 
his dad was always in, in the black horse. And, you know, as a kid, like, you'd just be, you'd be dumped in the pub. Oh, I was dumped in that stairwell plenty of yeah. times. Bottle of Cadet Coke, Cola Bar, shut your mouth, you. But it was fun to watch him just, like, look at the walls and the interior, and he was, like, comparing what has changed and what has not changed and stuff. And he had a cracking story. Oh, first of all, when he came in, Hayley was there, as it happened. And then she goes, hi, Prof. And, 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 and then Owen turns to me and goes, like, do you know each other? She's like, yes, yeah, the prof. Who doesn't know the prof? <laughs> no, but he had a cracking story. Um, like I said, his dad was always in, in, the, in the blacker. And at one stage, his ma ran up a shocking phone bill. I think she was on, her, on the phone to her sister. And he got, the fo- he got the phone bill and it was just outrageous. And then Owen's dad put the, fo- put the foot down. And said, that's it, we're getting rid of the phone. No landline. So their landline then became the Black Horse landline. So that became <laughs> Owen's phone. The Black Horse. I've, I've spoken to my mother on this phone. You know that, yeah? I've spoken to my mother on this phone before. I can just imagine someone picking up, hello, Black Horse slash feeling residence. Yeah, that's what it was, though. You'd be, it fucking was, I'm telling you. So my second thing I wanted to say was, I mentioned that he's no interest in football. So then randomly, I think it was a couple of weeks before that, he just, out of nowhere, he said to me, oh, by the way, my neighbour is the girlfriend of some Bows player. I was like, oh, no, no, he, he was Bows, but now he's Rovers. And we were like, and I'm like, whoa, we know who this is. You mean Manjoy? And then he sent me the Instagram, and it was Danny. I was like, oh, yeah, his girlfriend, she lives next door to me. I'm like... What? <laughs> you live next door to Charlene? <laughs> it was such So a- random, wasn't it? What a coincidence. Yeah. So fucking and, and like, I'm just saying to him, yeah, I have a lot to tell you <laughs> that you don't know. Yeah. Lots happened. Yeah, a few things in the Mount The last year, yeah. But yeah, so that was it, the Player of the Year Awards. And it was, like we said, it was a great night. And um, everybody got rewards. Um, even got a banjo before Monaghan. That was that was given out as well. Chris McCann. But yeah, so the other results, bro. Finn Harp secured safety great to see like you spoke about with that goal earlier on from Ryan Connolly Waterford ended up in the playoff <coughs> Derry won at Dundalk and Bowles came fifth after they lost to Sligo so they had to win the FA Cup final to get Europe more on that in a minute yeah Conor Kearns was in the four probs not the not the player of the year awards the uh, the Glenmalore party and I'm saying to him you know it's a shame we didn't have a call way back up um, so it was UCD who ended up going back up who I tipped to beat Waterford in the you playoff. You had a mad fucking load of predictions got right, didn't you? Yeah. Every Alone. single one that was correct except for Bowes. I thought Bowes would win the that cup. That was great. you take that one. I was happy that one didn't come true. Yeah. Yeah, so UCD went up, um, led by Andy Moyler. Of course, former Rovers player, former Rovers coach, former yeah. guest on this podcast. Yes. And he did it, having lost his dad the night before. And... It was amazing listening to him talk about it. Like he spoke so gracefully, and it was really brave how he led the team out, yeah, got class. them promoted. Top top fella, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, uh, I was I was blown away by that, mm. and yeah, the, the yeah. reaction gear. So the reaction to the player result was some of our tifties bogey regulars. Uh, Mooner, big thumbs down. Three teams outside Leinster next year, and Aussie Nate, of course, two less bus trips next year as well. Really, really frustrating as as well. Like that's. <coughs> Like no, no Cork, no Galway, no Limerick, 
Like it's we're gonna have to make the most of harps and and dairy. You know what I mean? You you saw that picture put out on social media that the league has been essentially regionalized. The map with the line drawn across because, like you say, no monster clubs. Do you know the Twitter accounts? Monster Derby facts. Yeah, they, uh-huh. they renamed themselves the First Division facts. First Division facts. <laughs> so Shamrock Rovers are now the most southern team in the Premier Division. I think the only ones happy about this is Finn Harps because they don't have to travel much anymore. And yeah, no, no mental trip down to Cork. Oh, it's shite! Isn't it? Five Dublin clubs, two Loud, two Northwest, and one West. There's li- literally we're five have counties to, featured. Yeah, we're gonna have to blow our beans all over the north. It's gonna be all over Derry. It's gonna be all over Harps. Um, yeah. So the FA Cup final prof, the build-up. Uh, did we think it would break the attendance record? Where really it was creeping up all along, wasn't it? And it did eventually break it, but I didn't think it would because because of Pats. Because you remember they were in previous finals and they had twelve, fourteen thousand. Yeah. Uh, but clearly the appetite was there. It was the first proper final with fans at the Aviva since we won it two years ago. It was the two Dublin clubs, all that. So yeah. it was like twenty five thousand tickets were sold around the time of the draw of the game, and then it, as you say, it kept creeping up, and it ended up as thirty seven thousand, which broke our record by one thousand people. I do. I'm still <laughs> convenient. We'll, we'll talk but about the riot, prof. Before the riot, um, something you're aware of. Johnny Logan came into our workplace. Yeah, I got the videos, and I was like, "Is this fucking serious?" I was, yeah. I, I just, was like, "Do they not know he was on like a right wing fascist podcast?" Wasn't he on your man Grant Torino's podcast? And I didn't he, hear and that. He had an interview with him. Yeah, so I don't know. Obviously, we're a little bit biased because he's Bose, and he even had he even had a Bose tint on the videos as well. He was writing a letter; mm. it was going to keep Buckley. They were trying to get reaction from uh, the staff down below because he was kind of up at a height, and the camera was pointing down, and I could see they were kind of disappointed by it. And every time the camera pointed it at me, I made sure to yawn. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't usable. <sighs> there was a Pats fan who just left the building when he came out. That's nah. probably probably what I should have done, to be honest. So, yeah, the riot. Uh, yeah, the riot. So, Bowles fans wrecked the Irish townhouse in a sustainable, ethical and progressive manner. They only mm. threw wicker chairs, so it could mm. be recycled. No o- plastic. Only recycled or biodegradable glasses were thrown. Yeah, that's it. Um, mental, really, because full of kids and women, pensioners in this pub. Like. Just Pats fans mind their own business with yeah, their families. Exactly, yeah. But it was one of those things, wasn't it? It was a bit like the firework in Waterford that just transcends the League of Ireland like everybody people not into football like the likes of Owen my friend I talked about all coming up to me saying what was that fighting about yeah just everybody saw that video and yeah I think some Bowles fans tried to blame us at first that's no it wasn't was it not did we not say in our group let's put it out there that Rovers went out and it was Rovers and we'll see how long it takes to get back into the group oh yeah it took about an hour remember <laughs> It was, it was hilarious. We were like, yeah, Rovers, yeah. Rovers went up and smashed up everything. Who got the blame in the end? Wrexham, was it? Uh, Celtic. Celtic, I think it was. Celtic and Balls. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there was a few lookalikes there as well. <laughs> did you see that? I did. It's ridiculous, wasn't it? Well, they were in Rings End after all. Yeah. So, yeah, the game itself, Keith Long was barred from the touchline, which was absolutely fabulous. And we won't touch on how we got their touchline ban. 
But we know how we got it, and it was fabulous. It's the story of the year. <laughs> but uh, Norris, he allowed me with his team an hour before kickoff, and within an hour of the full time whistle. This is just hooked up to my veins right now. It's absolutely fabulous. And they were beaten on penalties by Pats in the final at the Aviva. So still no trophy in 13 years aside from the Leinster Senior Cup. And this is seen as progress for this little club in D7. Yep, the media darlings. And what was the song that the the, the uh, Point Mafia came up with? They came up with a oh, brilliant, well. brilliant song. <laughs> All together, one more time. All oh, the bows room is bare. Chicky chicka, chicky chicka. There's no silverware there. And there's no Mr. Sheen. And there's no Mr. <laughs> but um, yeah they came 5th in a shite 10 team league you know about the keep telling us it's, it's a shite league Gareth, that we've just won well they were mid table that's, that's what I'm saying like of no, no time for that argument whatsoever oh it's a shite league you're in that league you're in that league you can only beat what's in front of you like come on ridiculous it, it's a shame Forrester's goal didn't actually win the game because that was a cracking I love I love great cup final goals I think the best one I've ever seen is I was in the best cup final winning goal was the Dan 2002 Champions League final where he caught it on the volley left foot Leverkusen yeah cracker absolute I cracker I love when a great goal wins a final and Brilliant. there was another one I think in the late 90s Di Matteo for Chelsea oh against Borough in I, the cup I think the game was only about it was sec- two minutes in 40 seconds Remember in that? or something yeah. do you know what another one was as well possibly I think Lars Ricken in, did he score in the final against Juve a lob oh in the yeah the Champions League from 96 that was to seal it yeah brilliant brilliant I actually heard him being interviewed about that he said he had been watching him come off his line not only in that game but in previous in games in general and he was planning that the whole <laughs> oh game. man I love it that started my love for Dortmund yeah loads you've got loads of reasons it's like Bows here uh, one of their directors uh, not Lambo actually someone else he, he he made this long speech about how whatever the result tomorrow, etc., etc. If a board member of our club the day before a cup final wrote the words whatever the result tomorrow, I would be chasing him out with pitchforks. Pitchforks. Burning, burning flames out by his house. That yeah. is an embarrassing thing to write. It really is, isn't it? Before a cup final. It really is. Like, come on. Do you not want to win the thing? Read the room, mate. Read the room. But we moon our once again. Uh, really quotable. Replying to Stephen Elliott's call for Keith Long to win manager of the year. Fifth out of a 10-team league. 26 points off the champions. 10 points off promotion relegation playoff. No European football. Keith Long, manager of the year, ladies and gentlemen. That is a <laughs> damning criticism. Wow. He's done a great job taking the plucky part-timers from sixth to fifth. Yep. No trophies in seven years, but the club is in the right ecosystem, which is the important thing. That's it. There we go. Bees. Remember, they thought they were gonna go for the league at the start of the season. Yeah, they, they genuinely did. They, they, they've secured a couple of. No, they haven't actually. Fuck them. As Tony said, they won the We Beat Shamrock Rovers trophy this season. Get the pledge out. 
Uh, but scenes, prof. Oh no, we got Maloney. The new form of COVID has been called the gypsy strain. I can't travel anywhere in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, COVID jokes. Um, the scenes, players on the pitch after James Talbot crying. Keith Ward inconsolable after hitting the bar with his penalty. James Lowe said, this poor Keith Ward. Remember he missed an open goal in the last minute over Greece. He single-handedly cost balls hundreds of thousands. And him asking for the fifth oh. was fucking gold. Oh, the memes, Gareth. The memes. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I even had Jim Conroy send me memes, Gareth. Jim Conroy sent me memes. What a time to be alive. He only joined the internet this year. What? And he's sending me Bose memes. What a time to Everyone be alive. Everyone was sending the memes. But um, you had Idemo on Twitter playing the Yes Sir, I Can Boogie song. Yeah, yeah. You had Derry tweeting Bo Regs. <laughs> Brilliant. There was a picture of Pat's lifting the cup. Uh, you know the way you know that section where they go up the stairs and they lift the cup. Yeah. And the photographer was up there pointing downwards, and you just see Crawley walking out, looking up. Gary, this was actual. What por- a photo! This was porn. This was. <laughs> yes, doors were shut, <laughs> lights were dimmed. This was an amazing photo, and it just because this was the night after the Player of the Year awards. This just capped off an unbelievable weekend. And from a past point of view, we mentioned Sam Bowen earlier. Uh, go on to Sam Bowen, win, winning the cup medal. Uh, Barry Murphy as well celebrating as, as the subkeeper. I think yeah. I think he's retired now because when I interviewed him, he did indicate that he was he was going to hang up the gloves after this. Nice swan song from there. Could easily get a game somewhere else though. Mm. Easily, easily play every game somewhere. It's gas that Rowers fans generally did not care that Pats won that cup. Yeah. I really didn't give a fuck. <laughs> Absolutely no. I just didn't want Bows winning. Did not give a fuck if Pats won it or not. I really didn't. Obviously, I wanted them to win, but like I didn't. If they won it, I was like, "Yeah, that'll do. Thank you." <laughs> um. So what else have we got, Prof? We have so no cup, no Europe for Bows. The poems will be epic. Alan Colley posted that they should be proud of what they've done this season. Right, like just tell me, what have they done? What have they done? <laughs> They had nice billboards <laughs> that said Bees? that actually mentioned bill, uh, billionaires. Yeah, that, that's, 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 that's what they achieve. They've nothing, and that's that's what the car is. That's what it is ultimately now. And as it says on their new jumper that they released, uh, don't need nobody else. Yeah, they don't. They don't need. They need a fucking new manager. Um, yeah, Killian M, our friend of the show, blocking every Overs fan on Twitter, and uh, Bose fans even started ripping into their own team online. So it was beautiful. Great to see. Beautiful. Everybody just self-imploding. Absolutely brilliant. A few of them having a go at us as well. Calling us an odd bunch for enjoying this. How and can like, you not? It's your rival. It's called fun. It's called fun football and life. Would you get a grip? Man, of course we're going to take joy in another team that we're a rival with losing and have an awful, awful time. Give it a rest, man. Come on. A couple suggested that we were celebrating more this than our own league win. And like... Do you think maybe that has something to do with the fact that we were all in Tala busy celebrating our league win and not on our phones? Yeah. Whereas home. in the cup final, we were all at home on our phone. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Possibly. Maybe. We had points and trophies in our hands instead of yeah. our phones. But yeah. But um, Great yeah, stuff. One couple of last notes in here because it's always fun to talk about. Yeah. Ben Cleary. 
One of the absolute best at shit hairsery on Twitter. An absolute piss boiler of <laughs> epic proportions. Oh, he's great. He posted a picture of the Bowles trophy cabinet. And it's, instead of trophies in the cabinet, it has their great season accomplishments, <laughs> which include... Bees! You just see the writing in the, in the glass case of the cabinet. And it has beat Rovers twice in the league, four player of the month awards... Four players in team of the year, the league's top goal scorers, beat Robbers in the cup, and qualified for the Tunnock's Caramel Wafer Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Tunnock's Caramel Wafer Cup. What about the Fox's Golden Crunch Shield? Is that coming out? Uh, yeah, brilliant stuff. What a season for the Bows. Um, yeah, so Georgie Kelly, another news, he is leaving, but he's not going to Dirty. No, that's that's been drawn out as well. We don't know where he's going yet. He hasn't found a home. He just said abroad, didn't he? Uh, that's all he said. Stephen O'Donnell and the managerial merry-go-round, which is getting so, so tasty. So, so juicy and tasty. Legal cases. Um, we all know what he was doing. He can deny it all he wants. But that guy actively sought to bring players to Dundalk. And he knew. He knew where he was going. He stalled player... Two, uh, three weeks before that cup final, he knew he was going to Dundalk. And he said to who he wants, and he says, I want you, I want you, I want you, don't sign a contract. He did. We know he did. It's very shady. Like, he, he reportedly... No proof. ...stalled contract negotiations week beforehand. He ends up in a situation where only a couple of the past players were tied up for next year. But he was cute about it because their form, they always do that. They never renew until right. about that time yeah. and I looked at some I think it was a graph or an Excel sheet of when they do renew and it's always in around the same time November December so he can just he played off that and he said oh well look here's the form that's what they do every year so he, he was cute and then Sam Bone and Benson have since followed them to Dundalk Keith Ward what, what was the first thing O'Donnell did after Pats won the cup he went over to Keith Ward to console him and then he proceeded to sign him to Dundalk. Subdued celebrations as well. Like, come on. But that story that went around online about uh, Forrester in the kitchen finding out about O'Donnell leaving and then shouting, like, let the traitor go. Yeah, I think, we, we, think we, Birmingham we, was involved as well. Bermo, he was on LOI Weekly and he sort of said, no, that didn't really happen. But we had that confirmed by someone Ooh. in the know. A friend of the show, let's just say. <laughs> And he said that happened for a fact. What do you think of his decision to go though? I mean, he's moving to a club not in Europe, below him on the table. Ultimately, it's because he has a, he it's it's his heart is telling him to go there. He loves the mm. club. That's what it is. And he's been given an opportunity now, possibly with a decent budget, to manage the team that he's won so much with. So he has an affinity. Like he never when he when he mm. did go to Pats, I was thinking that's a strange one. So he's no real connection, no real connection to the club. He's gonna. It's his first managerial job. Like, is this a risk by Pats? I just thought to myself, that's a bit odd. And obviously, he was gearing up for the Dundalk job, and he finally got it. Well, that's that's why Pats are furious because <sighs> they gave O'Donnell the chance. Yeah, gave rookie manager his chance to, you know. Begin. I think he might have went about his business. He might have been a little bit inexperienced the way he went about his business. And the funny thing about. The statement that was released from Integrity Sports. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was brilliant. But I think <clears throat> it hasn't gone down well. And now it's court cases. There's all sorts. Um, I think the new owner as well was a factor. Big big time. Yeah, he wouldn't have went there with P6 in. <clears throat> no, we know no that. chance. Yep. So, Prof will now attempt to sum up 
the League of Ireland managerial changes at the end of the season uninterrupted as quickly as possible in four paragraphs prof and go well shortly before the end of the campaign we had Martin Russell succeeding Paul Doolan at Athlone because of all the driving on the M50 we had Dara Doyle being let go by bottom club Longford with a few games to spare and first division champion Shelburne surprisingly sacking manager Ian Morris he was replaced by Damien Duff and of course our own Joey O'Brien has since joined them as assistant. Then we had the mental situation of Waterford sacking Mark Bircham on the eve of their relegation playoff, which they ended up losing, having been given a new contract and taking them off the bottom of the table, totally adrift, up to 42 points. Then the rumours of Stephen O'Donnell moving to the dock began the day after winning the cup, so Drogheda manager Tim Clancy is quote, added to the St. Pat's management team, unquote. Then Ireland's one cap wonder, John Daly, later appointed as Clancy's assistant, O'Donnell resigns by issuing a statement through his management, ironically named Integrity Sports. Mm-hmm. O'Donnell is eventually announced as undock boss a few weeks later, with Dave Mackey as the pro license holder. Brian Kerr calls O'Donnell a disgrace and past plan to sue him for breach of contract. Kevin Doherty, a former Shelburne manager, is then announced as the new boss of Drogheda, with the recently sacked Longford manager Dara Doyle becoming his assistant. Bray Wanderers merged with Kevin Teedy to become a completely new entity called Bray Wanderers based out of the Carlisle grounds in Bray, County Wicklow. The Kevin Teedy manager Pat Devlin takes over at Bray, while the Bray manager Gary Cronin was main manager of Longford. Ian Morris has gone from Shells to Waterford, meanwhile Oddie Horgan is still the longest serving manager at one club in the League of Ireland, followed by Brazzer at Rovers. Well yeah Prof, that was a... Uh, you, did, you, did, you did that well. Oh, deep breath, deep breath. Um, that's actually insane when you sum it up like that. It's nuts. Um, Bertram as well, Prof. I, don't, I, I can't. I don't fucking hate or do it anymore. He fucking drinks raspberry in his Guinness. I don't what think he, I can what, do what, the Bertram. What are you gonna do now, Gary? I, can't do it anymore. I think you're gonna have to switch to Rory Higgins. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I can't. I can't do it anymore because he drinks. He drinks blackcurrant in his Guinness. Well, more importantly, he's gone. So, mm, so it's him gone. Um, I don't. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's taking the job up anywhere. But like I said in the in my quick summary, there mad situation. <laughs> given how well he did, he he insinuated that the chairman he refused to pay the chairman's son, and that was part of the really reason. Really, so see how they were had like a media blackout for weeks, like they hadn't tweeted since they. And they're actually quite. I, I was enjoying the social media. I thought it was okay pretty good and then they just like you said had a media and then they came out the chairman came out with a statement which I think was crap <laughs> and, yeah and the person was on TalkSport where he was talking about what I just said there about who he wouldn't play his son and then he was telling them that he planned to go to the match at Richmond Park the playoff with UCD and then he did go and then you could see him in with the fans yeah, it, it was, was class yeah. it was so bizarre to watch Mm, yeah, um, so, yeah, that was but, it. Yeah, I mean, there's still a basket case. So, it could take them years to recover from this. They've handled this so badly. You heard Brian Murphy talk about it. Yeah, he was brilliant. I, I, yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed that one, though. But that's what you're dealing with. Like, it, absolute head cases running running a club. Like, and what's going on now in the day-to-day? What's going on there now in the day-to-day club? Like, are, are they doing anything? That's what I want to know, you know? So, it's unfortunate because it's a good club. But we move on, Prof. We'll talk about some notable signings around the league. Um, word out today that Owen Doyle is possibly signing for St. Pat's. And this has sparked debates in WhatsApp groups about 
Uh, would we be happy with him? Would he fit into our team? Is he too old? He's 34. Coming up on 34. Three-year contract. Three-year well. contract. 37-year-old striker. I don't know. Can uh, after all this, come get me, please. He hasn't gone to pass. To so it really does just show you, doesn't it? Anyone who flashes a bit, a bit of cash. Like he's doing to go home. I know he is Rovers, but... Report. We're probably the only. They're probably the only ones that offer him a, a decent contract. There's no way we were giving him a three-year deal. Put it that way. Reportedly, we did put an offer in. Yeah, but I, Pat's. <coughs> but I think more. ultimately it's going to be if he got he's got offered more cash at a lesser club, and probably more years on the contract, and he's he's taking it. So, um, he's a lethal finisher. That's the only thing. Absolutely brilliant finisher. Uh, he he will score goals. He will score goals in this league. So hoping something that we don't regret. Who would you rather a thirty-four-year-old Owen Doyle, who may or may not be prolific, or a young Colin Whelan in July? Yeah, Colin Whelan in July and Gaffney. Let's not be harsh on Gaffney. Gaffney was great last season. So Gaffney up top and Greener. So yeah, there you go. But the debate was <laughs> that he will still outscore our centre forwards. So. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Interestingly, they've also signed a Tunde, who scored that impressive hat-trick against <coughs> them for Harps. I've been screaming out for this fella to, to be signed for a while. <laughs> yeah. Different, different, something different. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's pace and power and he's really good, but we'll see what happens anyway. it's, it's That's a good forward line that they have if, if Doyle does come through. I mean, Dan McDonald's not, he's really wrong, so I believe that, that it is happening. Bowes have signed Junior, who's been very hit and miss the last um, couple of years. I think that's a really underwhelming signing. I, I he's never impressed me. He fell over the line to that player to that top goal scorer that, that on the last day last time. I think it was fourteen goals. Um, no, he won't do anything. Every time he's played against us, he's been terrible. The only thing who impressed me from was it big big, uh, big Boyce at the back. Is it Ronan Boyce at the back for? For Derry, he impressed me. Uh, McGonagall, other than that, no one really, really stepped up. Junior's been terrible every time, so let them have him. They also brought back Chris Chris Twardick. Chris Twardick? Yeah, Bambi on ice. Not, mm. don't, couldn't care for that either. See if any has any new cats. <laughs> yeah. uh, Derry signed Brian Maher, the, the Bray goalkeeper. That's we good, we were kind of interested in, weren't we? Yeah, that's a good sign. And they signed Brando. We forgot to mention this on last week's show. Uh Brando has officially left the club. Yep, three-year deal. Um, and we got a few quid from. Did we get that? It was it was milled as twenty-five grand, but I I read that it was it came to the end of his contract. Uh, I'm not too sure, but I heard from a reliable source that we did get a few mm. quid. I'll take that. I'll take it. I mean, he's not going to get in. He's not. Even in a depleted squad, he's not getting in. No, especially. Would you have put him in during the injury crisis we had last year? Well, the injury crisis last year was seemed to be always defensive players. Well, we coped. Definitely Especially not. with Jack back in now. Even if you rested four midfielders, Panda would still probably become an impact sub. Yeah. Um, I noticed people struggling to recall when his last game first was. I was thinking an assist for Finn. Well, he made three sub appearances in 2020. So his last appearance was in November 2020 in Bally Buffet. And uh, Finn didn't score that day, so he must be thinking of a different game. Uh, he hadn't started a competitive game for Rovers since October 2019. It's a long time. It's a long time ago. It's a long time. What was it? Yeah, I remember it was October 2019. Or sorry, 2019. Remember he... Uh, oh, the past game. That's what you were thinking of. 
Oh yes, yes, lovely, lovely little system. Remember that? Things. Remember the balls and the dark games. Remember we got screwed by, by uh, the referee. Uh huh. Against balls. Yep. The ball hits Grace in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two red cards. Then we went to Dundalk with a depleted squad, and we lost that. Then I think it was on the Monday, we beat Pats. Yes. And Brando was very good that day, and he set up a thinner. And that was our little dodgy patch. Yeah, no, he's a... No, listen, it's, it's not a loss. Not, not in my opinion, yeah. anyway. But other than that, any other notable signings, Prof, I think... Drada um, have recruited well. They signed Adam Foley from Harps. Good signing. A um, couple more. But other than that, I think we're we're pretty much. I mean, Jack is the big one. Jack is the big one, and anything other than that, a keeper maybe. But that's an understudy to Al at this stage. But I'm happy enough with well, our centre back. Has to be our priority, doesn't it? Do you think so? Well, Man, Joey's gone. Joey's gone. But can we not? Like, is this not a case of where we can afford? Like, we've got Gannon, you've got Pico, and you've got Grace, who are going to start. You've got Hard Air to slip in if you need. This is where we promote centre half in my opinion. Well, Ken Scales as well. Scales left mid season, so we yeah, lost yeah. Scales and Joey. And we've we've kept Cotter, and he has been. We we have been looking for a centre half. We have. We did try and get Cleary, but I I think let's call the Morrissey Can we not get someone up a like left that? sided centre back? Is what we is this? Need. Isn't isn't he a lefty? Isn't Cole a lefty? I'm not too sure, but isn't this what you do now when you're looking for the likes of a player who you could bring up from the academy where you have ample not ample but we do have players there. We've Hoare, Gannon, you've Grace, you've Pico. Barry Carter who can fit in as well yeah, I suppose, do you know what I mean yeah Gannon being able to move to centre back made up for the loss of scales I yeah. suppose I'd be going straight to Pats and getting a banquet and slotting him in there whenever we need him that's exactly what I'd be doing is that the 18 year old that's the 17 year old I'd be getting him and straight in there there you go you'll play probably a lot this season get in here there kid that's what I'd be doing well if Pats are ill pain with throwing Doyle I don't how, think it's like that. How are we going to pinch him? I don't think it's like that. I don't think it's like that. I think it's a case of us just going, mm, take, we got Jack. You know what I mean? You take Jack over Owen Doyle any day of the week. And as someone pointed out, if they're spending a lot of their budget on Owen Doyle, they're putting a lot of eggs in their basket there. If Doyle doesn't work out, they've spent a lot of their their budget. Mm. It's going to be, it's a few quid as well. That's not, like he's still on the, he's still 18 months as well with Bolton. I don't know how that works. But either way, he probably come to a deal with them and then he wants to go. Well, Brad, did the media rounds at the end of the season, Prof. And he appeared at LOI Arena off the ball. Premier Sports is a pundit for a Newcastle game as well. So We didn't actually hear that one uh, when he was on Premier Sports because we were in uh, the yacht in Ring's End. Oh, yes. Because you and I were on our way to see the Book of Mormon musical. Yes, great day, great day, you. Great day, yes, you. Very, very, very good. That was me, you, my friend Owen I mentioned earlier, his his wife Eva. I Tifty's date night. The three of yous, I have been going on about this musical for <laughs> eight years because I had seen it twice already in London. It's <laughs> brilliant. I kept telling you it was the greatest thing I've ever seen, and you were like, Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I was like, one day it will come to Dublin. <laughs> and I booked these tickets before COVID. Before COVID existed, Gary booked these tickets. So when that day came, I couldn't believe it came. I could like is this actually happening? Am I going to a theatre? It was brilliant. It really was. It was fucking great. It really was. It was class. <laughs> I recommend it anyone. Isn't it just amazing? And and you finally got to hear the origin of super spooky wookie girl. Yeah, it's I uh, listen, just go and see it. Just go and see it. You, I can't words can't describe it, it's fucking brilliant. 
Um, Prof, uh, for them and Loeve, they seem to have a bit of a friends moment. Rachel and and Ross, they're on a break. I don't know what's going on. Mm. That they're on a break. Still hasn't picked a club, so we'll, we'll, we wait. We wait to see what happens. The last show was October twenty first. We thought we were gone ages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Rovers made the statement. Liam, Liam did uh, have a bit of feedback to our not last week's show, the one before that. He said that oxygen tubes <laughs> was slagging of the century. Ah, oh, it's great. One. <laughs> it's a great one, isn't it? And I do have a question. Eloy <coughs> um, <coughs> Central, they kind of kept going, didn't they, into December with a yep. few shows? Why do their guests always have to have these invented nicknames? This is like a pet peeve now. Snidey. We have Clarky, Snidey, Morrow, Sups. Has the journalist David Snade ever been called Snidey? Definitely not. It's in his a, entire life. It's just a thing that your man does ward, isn't it? Just stop it, please. I think he just wants to familiarise himself with them, you know? <laughs> Friends! <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we made a statement, Prof. Shamrock Rovers FC is astounded by the decision taken by the board of FAI to divert from the agreed national underage competitions calendar and introduce what can only be described as a mini league in the national under 14 league competition from 2022. So um, yeah, it's a valid complaint. It, very, it is, and uh, well, getting a lot of uh, a lot of kudos from even other people, the likes of the Strata chairman who hates us. He said, "Well done, Rovers." So, well, that was just the opening sentence from the statement. It was it was long. It was detailed. It was. It's right. Emphatic. It's correct, yeah. And like you said, like fans and officials of other clubs were coming out for the agreement with us, which how often does that happen? Mm. Real Doctor was only out the door and already this fourteenth season decision was reversed. Dismantling what he has done, so and obviously there's some discontent in the camp. Yeah, because as Robert said in the statement, squads were being assembled for this season. In March, like yeah. plans began on December first, I think they announced the decision on December first. Like everything was being prepared and geared towards the new season, and then to just announce to say with the blue was madness. Yeah, it's not. It didn't go down well at all. But listen, it's that's the what you get, what you're dealing with with the innards of the DDSL and all these young clubs that they're all killing each other. It's and not good. The four teams results. The impressive results were mentioned in the same which, which you, you've there now. The 2009 boys, yeah, this is the same year. So Jaden's been playing these for a while. And this this team are ridiculous, Carl. <laughs> Carl. This is Greener's team. Ridiculous. So uh, they beat Ilves 3 0. They beat Midgeland. Or they drew one all with Midgeland. They beat Olu 6 0. Beat Honka 4 0. HJK 2 0 before an arrow loss in the final against Russian Giant Zenith St. Petersburg. Like this. This is the first team, I think, that will be able to say that they were with Rovers from all the way up. Oh, yeah. I'm nearly sure. I'm nearly sure that's them. They're fucking outrageous. Seriously, this is the one with Pavel Nedved in goal. Yeah, The yeah. long blonde hair. He's better than every other outfield kid I've ever seen play against him. And he's the goalkeeper. Like They're they're going to have stars in this team. They really, really are. Um, Yeah, so that was them. Well done to them. And watch out for the future. They are the stars. Shamrock Rovers will compete in the Under-19s Women's National League in 2022 season in addition to the Under-17s League where we will participate for our third season. This is the next stage in the club's strategic plan in developing our women's football structure. So, um, great stuff. Great to hear. And it's about time as well. 
Yeah, and both squads open to expressions of interest from players. So the link is on the Rovers Academy page and social media. So best luck to both teams. Yep. Um, Pride of Rings End charity match. Great turnout. I got man the match. I was unreal on the day. Want to see me in the middle of the park. Like a young Gary O'Neill spreading balls around the park. Dicing them left, right and centre. Doing Rabonas. Doing the tricks. Doing the goals. Did any of this happen? No. <laughs> Got diced by Jaden in the first time. Jaden ran at me, sent me for a held, and that was the end of it. Jaden was the man of the match. Jaden got player of the tournament, yeah. Yeah, or player um, of the tournament, I should say. A great, it was a great uh, day, it really was, and I'm looking forward to it. We have now amalgamated as well. Our collective efforts have been put together for the Pride of Rings End slash Tifties five-a-side next year. We're going to do it together. So, a uh, great bunch of lads in the Rings End. Really, really great day out. Um, I was also told a couple of things. that First of all, you tried to nick Jaden's winning voucher to spend it on drink. Yeah, I was to- I was told that it doesn't actually you can't even buy drink with it. So I was saying to him, I said, Jaden, that dad loves little vouchers. Do you want to give it to him? And Moon, I was like, can't buy drink with it. I was like, oh, keep it, <laughs> keep it. You can't drink now anyway. Um, yeah, but uh, no, and great, great secondly, deal. I believe there was a bit of an issue there with uh, Stafford's ma regarding Daniel O'Donnell. I've already released my statement on this. What is my this about? Solicitors have advised me not to have any more dialogue or surrounding this situation I had to apologise and I did <laughs> I informed certain individuals that Daniel O'Donnell was for the certain age bracket oh and I apologise <laughs> oh boy oh uh, I got a stinger yeah but no it was it really was and uh, do you know what I, I don't think it was ever I'm always I was always in the bar in the IH and I was never in the lounge great little spot great day out by Ed and Mooner and staff all the boys keeping that they're, they're the heartbeat of that supporters club and I, I didn't really know until then I don't know why but I didn't know that they put that much work in so that's probably my fault but I didn't know they put so much work into the Pride of Rings end I didn't know they were that integral into the running of it so it's great to see and I'll be going to every every event they put on again it's brilliant great day out yeah great day out great turnout uh, not not sure about McDara's Rangers gloves though yeah yeah McDara was bombing down the <laughs> wing as well looking like a, a sprightly rifle um, the Glamalore party was later that night as well and the four provs straight after it <coughs> they debuted their new Ocean Electrical sponsored jersey all black Puma <laughs> so uh, hands off Ocean Electrical boys they're ours they're ours <coughs> but yeah no it was good. Yeah. prof you ended up here good night I did yeah they, they ordered a pizza at one stage uh, which was disgraceful because it wasn't our pizza baker I know it was pinheads yeah did they get a lot of pizzas in you yeah? support your local pizza baker oh, come on <laughs> No, plenty of Tifties loyals in there. Uh, you have Mooner, the blind piano man. <laughs> blind piano man. <laughs> uh, something I've noticed as well this night and the Player of the Year awards, Gare. The Barry Caboose. It's it's lethal. What the his arse? When he's getting up and down. Oh, knocking drinks off people. your drink. Yeah, yeah. It's like Godzilla <laughs> knocking over, <laughs> knocking over miniature buildings. Going through Tokyo. <laughs> Fucking raising buildings. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Carol and uh, staff wish me a safe trip home. So it's, it's become the inside joke now. Except for Dan Fulham, because I don't think he was there that night. But every time I leave the pub with Dan Fulham, he asked me, do I want to get in the taxi? And I have to yeah, say... Yeah, go on. Yeah, I'll jump in. Yeah. I have to say, I just have to point. And I'm like, I can see me house there. <laughs> <laughs> and... Now we come to my favourite part of the show, possibly. 
the flags. Oh, fuck off. No, you really going to do this? Oh, I'm going to do this. This this is amazing. <laughs> oh, Gary, God, I deserve it. So, two weeks after the, the Player of the Year awards, having not heard anything about flags, <laughs> Gary puts in our group chat, lads, did... Does anyone have the two flags, the two Tifties flags? Did I leave it with anyone? He put it in the whack travel chat. He put it in the last band standing travel chat. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he he left a voicemail at Crumlin Garda Station as well. <laughs> he rang, he contacted everyone the four provinces. He contacted, I had them search in the attic. I had them up in the attic and a Search in the attic. He contacted everyone in the fucking world. Missing posters were going up in Kimmage and Kimage. The last person he to talk to check with was me. So he Never. texted me and, and said, did I leave those two flags with you? And as I read the message, I looked over at them and I said, yes, <laughs> you left them with me, Gary. Oh, man. And I, I actually physically went over to you and said, here's your, here's your flags. <laughs> I've been looking, yeah. I was panicking. As I was on to the four problems and I was like, lads, they're there. I left them there. Where are they? And he's like, I'm in the attic. I can't find them. I'm in. I'm in the function room. They're not here. And I'm harassing everyone that listen. Sure. And Prof is just watching this. Prof is watching me put all these messages in. <laughs> yeah. And he's just sitting back loving it. Thinking, this is brilliant. Let me sweat. Uh, oh, so that was the flag. This is the flag dilemma anyway. But we'll go on to the Pico. Yeah, so great night. Happy all. And once again, four probs. Um, fantastic hosts uh, Pico's been added into the Cape Verde squad for the African Cup of Nations in Cameroon the first games January 9th and all three of the group games will be live in Sky Sports so that's something for us to watch yeah I don't have Sky so I think you can get it on Now TV can't you so, ah yeah yeah. Pico, yeah Pico will be starting as well so that's a good yeah. thing you'll see him with his pants tucked or his jersey tucked in I'll definitely want to watch this uh, there was rumours of the AFCON being postponed at one stage thankfully those rumours were exaggerated hopefully obviously cases anyway. have been rocketing up everywhere what a what a what an experience for, for Pico. That article I mentioned earlier by Dan McDonnell in the Indo. The headline was Crumlin's Cape Crusader, which I enjoyed. Crumlin's Cape Crusader, I like that. Obviously. And he also made the BBC. Uh, the usual, you know, how he ended up getting the call up, uh, contacted on LinkedIn. It's a the story. BBC got a hold of him? Yeah, it's a story you've read 10 times already, but just seeing on the BBC site talking about a Shamrock Rovers player how he got called up and how he ended up in the African Asian Cup squad it was just dead easy to see the BBC pick it up I made the BBC there was another thing where the Cape Verde photographer I think remember I interviewed Pico for the Tifties 150 I think he mentioned this guy yeah Tifties 150 yeah, yeah I yeah. think he mentioned the photographer was in tears when they qualified and uh, it went up on social media your, your man's after getting the Shamrock Rovers jersey now. He's over there wearing it in uh, Cape Verde. Oh, I think it was the. Uh, you were saying it was the photographer, wasn't it? Yeah, Bruno was his name. Bruno. And the, the Rovers Club shop uh, have been given a great idea. It wasn't my idea now, but it's a great one. They should start selling a Cape Verde jersey with Pigo on the back. Oh, hello. Yes. Not a bad idea at all. I would wear it. I'd wear it. <laughs> Um, 
So, yes, we're going to move on to some random observations. The United the Union Cup has been postponed until the new year. Prof. Shambles. Shambles. Uh, Flora Talent beat Partizan Belgrade 1-0 and Rob Harvey was the ref. No way. I didn't know that. Random is right. Yeah, they got a win and two draws in the group. And, um, yeah, obviously that was their, that was their that win. That striker we wanted to get a hold of, Rauno Sapin and left, didn't he? He's joined some mid-table Polish team. Yeah, we 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 had our eyes on him because he was very very good. Yeah, Flora by the way ended up losing their league. Remember they were did not. Yeah, they were they were miles behind when they played us. Although they they had games in hand, but they they lost to the team at the bottom of the league. I remember the fellow we interviewed. Yeah, from the uh, Estonian football yeah. podcast. He wrote them off after that game. He said they're out of the title race. Huh? But they only ended up losing by one point, and they actually hammered Lavadia 5-1. The team that won it? Yeah, f- only a few days before their showdown title decider with them again. And then they had to beat them, but they only drew. This was in the, like, the playoff. And a point. Lost championship point. round sort of thing. Sickener, isn't it? So I remember when we went out to Florida, people were kind of using that the throwed us weren't they it was like well Dundalk beat Lavadia and yeah, he was yeah. lost to Flora so this is obviously an embarrassing result well it doesn't work that way really does it yeah so that's Flora and they've lost the league prop. but Mick Bourne was legend Mick Bourne and uh, he's joined Twitter so naturally the new username he's gone for is at Mick Burr for 1537073 that's like a, a troll <laughs> account that's your classic just going with the Twitter suggestion they yeah, give you yeah that's it he'd be like Grant don't that <laughs> Um, MSID is the manager of the Northern Colorado Hailstorm FC and they've signed Rob Cornwall so um, that's another one Lee Desmond went to Sacramento FC as well which is a very cool move Sacramento very cool city Sacramento they had two foreign players from us they had their uh, Derek Foran and Tommy Stewart oh is that who's with them wait yeah. is this Sacramento Republic I think Sacramento FC or I think they might have changed their name they could have I just been some new fucking like this one Eamon Zaid they're brand new like. can't keep track of these Northern Colorado Hailstorm FC and their marquee signing is Rob Cormack I didn't know Zaid was a manager now yeah you? yeah he's been tipping away over there so um, Roddy Articles as well Prof he's really horning himself out with me yeah you have one about balls uh, here's the line from it he said but this hipster's dream is falling short where it matters most for a club like Bowes on the big days when the major trophies are won. Ooh. And he asked, how many of the 18,000 Bowes fans really cared who won the cup final last weekend? It's time for Bowes to refocus on winning. Thousand pound suits. He blamed the suits. Thousand pound suits. He actually had a point. He did have a point. He had a well, some fruit of the loom fucking white t-shirt outside some cheap publicity or bang bang. You, you reckon that's the best way to fucking prepare for a cup final? He's obviously gas and he's gone over the top, but his point is valid. 100% valid. 100%. Lovely suits. <laughs> Lovely suits. Oh, yeah. My, <laughs> my doc interview with him, it was, um, it, it was very entertaining, I must say. <laughs> <coughs> We're going to get him a I've, I've already explained why we won't be airing it here, but <clears throat> I think we have a live show on him. Yes, yes, yes. He's also declared that uh, the United manager, Ralph Ragnick, is a spoofer. <laughs> spoofer. 
But yeah, so a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago, match of the day, put up a tweet saying Hurricane scored his first goal ten years ago, that day to two hundred and twenty eight goals later. So uh, yeah, first goal against Rovers. Yep. And Jack is our only new signing so far. Hashtag Jack is back. Will there be any more? I'd say, like we said earlier on, probably centre half coming in maybe. Uh, Dale, me, Dale me now Dan Cleary yeah. looks set to join St. John's. I'm happy with our squad now so it won't be Dan anyway um, the club or rather AA Sport did employ the services of one Jim White to tease a new signing using all the bells and whistles of Sky Sports to transfer deadline day, deadline day only for it to be a horse uh, this had um, it wasn't exactly received well no no I think the less said the better but we have a horse, and I think we should call it Green Ribbon. I think that's a great name. The only bright spot was... And then we can promote our new <laughs> beer with it, so promoting beer and, and gambling in the same breath. The only bright spot was the, the last line of the whole statement. Hoops fan Michael Kearns added, It's been a one-horse race in the league for the last two seasons, <laughs> so it's great to see this happening. <laughs> great stuff, Mike. Oh, John Harper said I found a cringe but Jesus why long face hey Uh so that's it prof there was um, a competition to name the horse which I didn't even read the replies I think we should just call it Gambler <laughs> Lord Gambler the gambling monster who has enslaved us all or horsey McCarr's face <laughs> yeah and there was a chat in the in the, the Wack Express travel group and uh, someone a- someone said Watch Bowles now launch an anti-gambling initiative real soon. And then Liam Whelan replied to him and he said, They can't because they were involved with a gambling sponsor themselves, Mr Green. But they might start an anti-horse campaign <laughs> as their club is full of donkeys. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. The horse tobacco. We won't speak much more now. But that's it for our last show 2021, Prof. It's been a big, it's been a great season, great year. 50 days until the league is back. The countdown is on. So looking forward to it. Looking yes. forward to it. We have away trips planned already. Twenty uh, fifth of Feb is our first away trip. Dirty. That is going to be a cracker. Has all the makings of a great away day. The, um, the Wack wants to run a bus to the Fairview Rangers friendly. Yeah, fifteenth January. I'd say he has the numbers as well. We'll think about it. Fifteenth Saturday, half five. Something that might you might have missed in the fixtures announcement was that uh, it was tucked away in there. LOI TV is back apparently. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was going to come back. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's ominous in a way, really, isn't it? Mm. I hope we don't have to end up sitting there watching games on telly again. But um, yeah, so gift and a course, and we hope you all got your twenty twenty two season tickets in time for Christmas. And the club shop will reopen Saturday first of January one until four. So uh, if you need to collect them, head on up, give your name, collect your ticket. Uh, Mark Merrigan broke the twenty five hundred season ticket sales mark as well. So two and a half thousand season tickets all heading into Tallinn next year. Looking forward to it. Yeah, um, two or three months out from the season, we hit two thousand season tickets sold. Like that's incredible, and like you say, now we've we've hit twenty five hundred, and we've now record six hundred twenty nine members. So we're flying, absolutely flying off the pitch, flying on it. Let's see what happens in the new year. So that is there's, it for this year. Competition actually for the two thousand and twenty second sale of uh, season tickets. Was there? And did you see who won it? No. It was Aaron Rogan. So he won the Rovers home shirt. That's my former Joey's primary school uh, we had him classmate. On. No, no, I had Eamon Sharkey on. Oh, all right. But Aaron was also in that class and uh, Eamon like, still talks to him. So you've got 
Me, Eamon, Owen O'Gara, Aaron Rogan, the class of 98. Rogan's going to track down the other graduates, Gary. See how, <laughs> yeah. how famous they became. Yeah, so, Prof, that's it. Great year. We've been have a great season. League winners, and we're looking forward to next season. So keep an eye out for Green Ribbon. Keep an eye out for all our... our we're going to try and organise a couple of shows. And, uh, yeah, so that is it. Happy New Year. Happy Christmas. The whole lot. Keep on hooping, and see you next season. And remember... Bows are there to be laughed at.